Gentlemen, we are back. We are back for episode number 17 of the podcast with a jam-packed episode. Uh, you know, it feels like it was just yesterday when Trump said he had COVID and we talked about it on podcast, but we've yeah. never talked about the po- uh, 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 right. him getting COVID on the podcast. It's one of those things that the news cycle never ends for that. It's yes. just one big warp of, of news just bombarding you constantly. It's, it's ongoing. It's nonstop. And we got a lot of things to cover. Uh, one is uh, Trump getting COVID and the reaction from the left, the middle, and the right, which we'll talk about. We'll talk- all shocking, too, right? No I mean, question right. about Hard it. Hard to yeah. imagine. And, and obviously today we have one very, very exciting big announcement to make that we're excited about uh, sharing with you. Uh, we'll talk about what's going on between Armenia and Azerbaijan, which is uh, uh, ongoing. Now it's officially on the ninth day. We got a lot of things to talk about with that part. Regal Cinema suspends operation at all U.S. locations. Closing could affect 40,000 jobs. Then we have Levi's is jumping into the $32 billion resale market with its own program for worn jeans and jackets. Uh, J.P. Morgan to pay $920 million. 661,000 jobs added to the economy last month as of October 1st. We'll talk about the unemployment side. John McAfee, out of all the people. John McAfee's been on Vitamin before. Yeah, I'd like to hear your opinion on this John McAfee indicted for tax evasion. Weird dude, yeah? Qualified, qualified, qualified weirdo. No, no, I mean, in a, you know this guy or no? Oh yeah, totally. It, the fact that they found him is is shocking. Isn't in a it? league of his own, yeah. that guy is in a league of his own. Uh, and then something's going on with Maduro. He's about to get a billion dollars. The debate that's taking place with Kamala Harris and Mike Pence. Melania Trump caught on tape swearing in response to children separated at border. And uh, we'll actually watch through that together and get a reaction. That one, I'm really curious to know what you guys are going to say. And there's a few other things going on that Ireland's court ruled that Subway sandwich bread is not legally. Let's make sure no. we get bread. to that one today. No. It is not legally. Do not tell me bread. That. Yes, I love it's me not some legally Subway. bread. And then SNL did an interesting uh, debate remake of what took place that was uh, uh, recently. So I say let's just get right into it. You know, with. Uh, uh, movies first, and we'll let the we'll let the audience build up before we get started, guys. If you're back with us on this podcast, we appreciate your coming back and being with us. Put the thumbs up and share the podcast so we can get uh, into the different topics here. I know we got uh, Dorian giving yeah. love to the Heat. Oh yeah, Dorian. So, uh, listen, I've never What's celebrated <laughs> the Heat winning. Let's this go. This is the first time in my life I've been excited about somebody beating the Lakers in the finals. Yeah. I was rooting for Butler triple double. I, I think it's a series. I really do. I mean, they're back. Riley's got them fired up. I'm just up. waiting for the breaking news that Bam is coming back. Goran's coming yeah, back. Yeah. Shout out to my uh, I think the strat- Eastern European ballers out there. I think the strategy is you got to get AD in foul trouble. It's that simple. You yeah. got to get him in foul trouble early. Sure. You and, get him and, in foul trouble early, then you yeah. got a shot. You don't. Right. You don't. It's that simple. And force the Lakers to shoot threes because they're not always going to make them. That's a good point. That's a good point. So let's talk about Regal Cinemas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. Regal Cinemas suspends operation at all U.S. locations. On Monday, said they're closing 536 stores. Okay. Okay, on a lack of new releases, the closing will affect 40,000 Regal employees. Uh, the parent company, uh, Sign World, plunged 40% in trading Monday after the announcement. New York and California markets have remained closed. This is the two largest markets. We are like a grocery shop that doesn't have vegetables, fruit, and meat. The CEO, uh, Mookie uh, Grydenger, uh, said in an interview, we cannot operate for a long time without a product. Some Hollywood studios have experimented with shipping big-budget big movies directly online. Walt Disney opted against releasing its $200 million Mulan remake in U.S. theaters and instead put the movie on streaming service for about $30. 
think about that. Sure. I mean, you're thinking about like, we're going to go to the theater. They said, forget about it. We're not going to theater. Mm. We'll go on a, a, a streaming service for 30 bucks. But with only two-thirds of domestic theaters able to open because of varying state and local guidelines, the consumers are apparently still wary of going to theaters. The $200 million movie gross, just $45 million in the U.S. and Canada. And the performance led Hollywood Studios to recall from releasing costly films for now. Yeah. So, your thoughts? You've been in this business yeah. for a while. What are you thinking about? This? I feel horrible for the uh, for the business. I really do because I'll tell you right now, they're done. They're done. We're used to not going to theaters. Is anybody looking forward to going to a theater? I didn't even like the experience before COVID. I really didn't. Especially when you realize you can get all this at home now, and these streaming services have pounced. I mean, they are so lucky. I mean, they, the timing could not be better for them. Do you see what the stock price did for the uh, Cinemark, the number one cinema chain in Britain? It went from two seventy-five before the pandemic to fifty-two bucks right now. That whole industry is in such serious trouble right now. And here's the here's the saddest thing for them. Like the CEO said, they can't link one case of COVID to go into a movie theater. You know, it'd be one thing if you thought, okay, my business, my industry yeah. is responsible for 10,000 people dying. I get it, right? But when there's not one, not one, that they can really prove person that's contracted COVID from going to a movie theater, it's got to be very, very frustrating. Same thing with bar owners and, you know, museums and things like that. But I, I don't care about going to a theater again. I have no desire to. When's the last I don't like the to experience, to be honest with you. Maybe I'll go once a year, because A, I'd much rather watch it on my own schedule, and B, <laughs> a lot of people at theaters annoy me, right? And if I'm going to have two and a half hours... Are you everybody, though? That's, that becomes a question. Are you everybody? Not. Yeah. because You're not everybody? What's going no, on? No, and what I mean by this, yeah. are you everybody, is what, what I wonder is... Uh, I hear you good, by the way, just so you know. Maybe you don't okay. hear yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if, if you are everybody. Sometimes like I go to myself and I'll say things like, well, who the hell's going to buy coffee? Um, about a few <laughs> billion people. Now, I could care less about coffee. I'm like, you know what? That's exactly what's yeah. going on because no one's drinking coffee. I don't know about uh, uh, what's going on here. And, and by the way, you may be right. I'm yeah. not saying you're wrong or you're right. I'm just saying I don't know if we're gone away from the movies because of that or people are just flat out scared to take their kids to the theater. Are you a movie guy? Do you go to the movies with, a, the, the, for with, the, me, with your kids, with your family? For me, for years, if you ask my assistants, how did you know when Pat came in from watching a movie? I would come uh, 7 o'clock to the office. I'd work till 10 o'clock. I'd go across the street. I'd watch a movie. I'd come back. She says, where were you at? I got popcorn all over my suit. <laughs> got proof. Got and the I, butter, right? And I would go yeah. watch movies with my yeah. 80-year-old friends. Oh, that's funny. Okay? You know, Pat, here's the thing. I think America, if this had lasted three weeks, a month and a half, it's a different thing. But habits change in the span of six yeah. months. And if you take the experience of going to a theater away from people and they find an alternative, it's... Even if it's 30% that yeah. don't go back, it's going to be really, really detrimental. What do you think about I it? I mean, the, the whole industry just needs to adapt and survive. So you see that a lot of these uh, drive-in movie theaters are popping up now. Tom hit on the fact that he'd rather stay home. Obviously, you got Netflix, you got Quibi, you got Disney Plus, and you got all these other CBS and Hulu and everything popping up. So for instance, I don't go to the movies unless I'm with a girl and she's like, I really want to go to the movies. And then when we go to the movies... We go to these like fancy couch sitting type. You're just paying thirty dollars for a corner, movie in the corner, all the way in the back. In the corner, you know, in front of him. Yeah. The, the old. How come uh, you don't want to sit here drink? in the middle? No, no. Like, let's sit over there in the corner, way up top. The old popcorn trick. We know that one. Um, but the the <laughs> busted. But the these. The <laughs> 
<laughs> so funny. Let me the, get that popcorn. Go ahead. <laughs> they, they need to adapt and survive. Basically, I don't see anyone just showing up, sitting in your typical seat. Other than Paul Scarsegar, our famous talent director, sees the same uh, movie over and over again. He buys like the, the month pass and he just goes to the movie. They lose money on that guy. They lose money on that guy. Yeah. You got to adapt and survive because the, 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 the game has certainly changed. Here's and, the, um, I, I think Tom's right. I don't know if it's going to bounce back. Here's the bigger question. Who's deciding all this? I yeah. fly here, yeah. right? Every week. Yep. Planes are full. All right, you got someone closer than me and Adam sitting for three and a half hours yeah, on a plane, right? But but then now a theater, you can't go to a movie theater, you can't go to a football game. I think that's what would kill me if I was in one of these industries that's getting crushed. Because who the hell is making up these rules? And they're not fair and they're not consistent. So, man, it just doesn't even make sense. Why can't you have social distancing in a theater and at least try to open them up? Well, a couple things. I don't know if you saw what uh, Cuomo and De Blasio said again. Well, recently. whatever it was, I'm sure it was great. Well, it was. It was again. <laughs> Again, they're shutting down restaurants, which now it's at a point right now where they're thinking 50% of restaurants are going to just be gone. Yeah, and, and that's be not around, even period. an exaggeration. Oh, no, an no, audit that's, said that yeah. that could happen. That's, a, that's an audit saying yeah. that's, that's going to happen. And that's New York City. Like mm -hmm. you're talking about, you go to New York City to go to restaurants, it's known for its restaurants, yeah. right? Okay, 50% is going to be gone. De Blasio came out and they're saying they're, they're about, both him and Cuomo are on the same page about shutting down churches. If they don't follow guidelines, they're going to shut down churches. Non-essential businesses are again going to be shut down because their cases are going up. They're not talking about how many deaths, but they're talking about how many cases that's going up in New York. All that stuff's taking place. And then again, he was asked, again, he was asked, how about protesting? And he says, well, that's a, it's a very sensitive time in history right de now. De Blasio. De Blasio. It's a very sensitive time in history. That was from my interview right in July. No, no, no. This just happened he again. did it again? This week. Again. De Blasio ain't this playing. Is, this de Blasio ain't playing. This is yesterday. We're talking yeah. about the last uh, 24, 48 hours. So he did so, it again. So this, this is kind of where I go with this. Look, when I lived in Iran and there was war and we were bombed on, okay, and we went from city to city to city to city to city. Everything, it's in gloomy. Like, I don't even know if you guys remember when the pandemic first hit. Maybe it was just me. For about a month or two, Dallas seemed gloomy. When he went outside, it was just, clouds were dark. Yeah, it was the it energy, was, right? It, it was, was just very weird. The energy was gone. You would drive in the freeway. I felt like I was in a movie, I Am Legend. You know, dry, I'm waiting for my well, German Shepherd dog. Don't you feel that dog. every day? Not today. No, that you're a legend. I, that's a different story. <laughs> I like that, by the way. So so I'm I'm going through it, and I'm looking at the streets. I'm like, look what's going on here. You would see somebody. You felt like you were part of a rebellious community. Everybody would put their hands up. You're like, so, oh, man, we're doing this. But I tell you, when the war happened and it went away, the first thing people wanted was a form of entertainment. Mm -hmm. The first thing people want is a form of entertainment. The first thing. It didn't matter if you wanted to go on vacation. It didn't matter if you wanted to go to movies. It didn't matter if you wanted to go to a park. The entire family desperately needed a vacation. I'll give you a perfect example of what happened to us a couple months ago. So March, I mean, February, the, the, the coronavirus becomes a little bit more public. March, official shutdown, 13, 14, you start seeing sports and leagues shutting down. Yeah. And then afterwards, I have a Zoom with our guys and our guys don't have makeup on. I'm like, wait a minute. The girl that always has makeup on looks like a 10 all the time. She has no makeup on. Our guys wouldn't even face the camera. They were off the camera. And I'm doing daily calls with our VPs just to kind of see how they're feeling. I said, well, Pat, this is kind of real. This is what's going on. This is what's going on. I said, great. We came together. We worked. Obviously, we had the best quarter in the history of the company, best month, all of that stuff that took place. But at the end of it, after about three, four months, our guys needed a break. So what did we do? We had a break at the breakers. Okay, at Palm Very Beach. Very apropos. So we brought everybody together. Mm -hmm. 
And you know what's the craziest thing when everybody saw each other? It was emotional. Yeah, of course. I mean, they're like, dude, I just wanted to see somebody. Yeah. How you doing? How you doing? How everybody was talking to each other, the connection. So I don't know if theaters are going to go away because theaters is the cheapest form of entertainment for low-income and middle-income families. That's simple. And, and I highly doubt that it's going to go away as easily, as quickly as newspapers as we thought it's going to be. I do think there's going to be a transition. Quite frankly, I don't think... We are at the point yet where these guys are going to be launching blockbuster movies on, you know, you know, uh, streaming services and all that stuff. There's still that experiment of going to the movies, and and you know how the profit margins work. All the profit from movies are made uh, at movie theaters. They the don't concession make stands. It's all concession yeah. stands. So. That is the sure, experiment. I just Twizzlers. think they need to be more creative about it. We'll, we'll see what's going to happen. Well, and the pressure's on Hollywood, too, to crank out some good content. But you know what? All they care about is one thing. Are the theaters open in China? All right? That's where they're going to make their money anyway. Yeah, so. All right, that. so here's yeah. the question. Yeah. Right, here's the question. When's the next time you guys are going to go see a movie in a theater? When is it? I, I, I went a couple weeks ago. I you went? The, I went a couple weeks ago, and we watched Jurassic Park for like the 50th time, except this time was <laughs> yeah. the second time in a movie theater. Okay. Jurassic I, Park. I hope I don't go again in the next three years minimum. Maybe you when hope? I have grandkids, Damn, someday, I'll go. Tom. I have no desire to go to a theater. None. Yeah, your kids. Uh, think about your kids. Oh, like, I, I'm just so harsh on my kids denying the movies. No, but the, you know, it's all right. Um, I just don't like the experience that much, yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah. Okay, so we'll see what's going to happen. And, and uh, ladies, I just want you to know, Adam is still open to going to the movies. I don't, I don't want anybody to be upset. <laughs> That's and the only reason popcorn, I will go. Just before you order the popcorn with him, ask him, what is the popcorn trick? Because <laughs> he may or may not release it. You know, uh, Mario and Paul went to the movies recently. They, they invited me, and I, and I, and I bailed down. on them. I bailed on them. Yeah. I said, guys, do you... Uh, well, what movie was, was it? Were they going to watch, like, Gone with the Wind? There was, like, one freaking movie that was out. It was, like, Tenet coming to Texas near you, Tenet. Have you seen yeah. this? No, I haven't. It's the, same, it's the only movie that's well, that, been that out. that was the movie that was supposed buck. to save Hollywood this summer, yeah. right? And it just bombed. Did it really bomb? Yeah. Tremendously? Yeah. Okay, All right, what story do we want to hit up next? How about we take uh, jobs? Okay, 661,000 jobs added to the economy last month. As of October 1st, unemployment dipped from 8.4% uh, to 7.9%, which is good. More than half the jobs in March and April have now been recovered. That's pretty impressive. More than half the jobs in March and April have now been recovered. That still remains 10.7 million jobs that had a job before the pandemic, still don't have one. At the current rate, it would take another 16 months for things to get back to pandemic levels. Thoughts? Okay, I think these are the easiest stats to manipulate right now Got in it. an election cycle because, A, there's going to be a lot more numbers added to that unemployment because of what just happened with the airlines and in the banking. And there's just a lot of layoffs in the last couple of weeks. The other thing, too, is how many of these people, and I believe there's a lot out there, that are still cool not going back to work because they're making enough money on unemployment yeah. or making more money. I think so as and, well. And I've talked to a lot of those people. You run into them and it's still an issue. So um, I think I think this is one of those things where, hey, we're three, four weeks away from an election. They're going to use it however they want. I mean, that is encouraging. It's the lowest level of unemployment since the beginning of the pandemic. So hopefully it continues. But I think you know, we're, let's let's find out where we are in December based on the result of the election. Well, you said you spoke to, spoke to some people that that are that would prefer not to go back to work because they're making more money yeah. collecting unemployment. Well, that that was true at one point up until the the because obviously there's there was the state unemployment that on average is like 350 bucks and then you had the federal unemployment that kicked in and they were giving everybody 600 bucks a week. Two thirds of people who were unemployed were getting paid more to stay home than to go to work. Cool, but that ended. There's been no stimulus deal in sight. That thing's gone back and forth and starting and restarting. We'll see where that goes. So agreed, people were getting paid to stay home more 
at one point. That is not the case right now. Um, people need to be looking for jobs. I mean, people need to pivot. There's going to be some jobs like these movie theater jobs that might not ever come back. Certain industries that might not ever come back. You brought up something last uh, podcast. You said how many jobs have been created in the last 200 years? It was like a billion jobs. Three billion jobs. Three billion jobs. Yeah, yeah I underplayed that one. Three billion jobs. So if we've learned anything during this pandemic. We thought everything's going to hell. Nothing's going to happen. Certain businesses are booming, right? Uh, Zoom, all-time highs. Yeah. Fiverr, all-time high. I think Certain people, industries, all-time high. Yeah. Things are going to change. You just got to pivot careers if you need to. I think, I think the conversation with your kids need to start now. And meaning, you know how uh, 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 parents talk to their kids and they say, oh, uh, parents talk to their kids and they say, hey, like I'm Armenian, a Syrian, you know, Middle Eastern. When you grow up, you're going to be one of three things. You're either going to be an engineer, you're going to be a lawyer, you're going to be a doctor. It's that simple. That's what it is. And they, li they literally would tell you that? Oh, that's what you're supposed to do. And you're would you disappoint them if you didn't go that path? That's exactly what it is. Listen, till today, uh, even my mother till today asks, when are you going to get a college degree? I'm like, mom, never is the answer. <laughs> mom, mom, your, I'm your doing okay. I'm never going to get a college degree, right? right. But, but this is where I'm going with this. This is where I'm going with this. I think it's the bigger topic. You know how you have uh, parents are, are going to have a few different topics with their kids. What's one of the topics? Sex. How are babies born? Okay. And every I leave that to the wife, by the way. You leave that to the yeah. wife. I had it very early. Ticon Dylan, he was four and six. I sat him down. I said, we were all naked in the shower. I said, we all have danglings. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. what we have. I said, that dangling is going to be your favorite toy for the rest of your life. <laughs> I said, that is your toy. That is nobody else's toy. One day, you're going to find a female friend that's going to yeah. help you play with that toy. But that is yours, okay? Popcorn you don't play trick. with his. Yeah. I don't play with his. You play with yours. You can touch yours. You can do whatever you want to do with yours. You had this conversation when they were four and six? Four and six years old. Wow. Like, like I said, I leave that to my wife. But let me explain to you why. Because, you know, you have kids coming over and girls are over and they're like, you know, curious yeah. and they're touching each other and all this other. You have to have these conversations very early. And quite frankly, nowadays, with everything that's going on, if you don't teach your kids about a person coming to your kids and saying, hey, this is a secret between me and you. No one's going to know our little secret. I'm um, going to give you this candy. If you don't have these conversations, let me tell you, somebody you're else... You're thinking of worst case scenario. You have to have these okay, conversations yeah, yeah, with yeah. the kids. And then you, you know, uh, indirectly can talk about babies being born. You have to have these conversations with your kids, right? And as I'm doing this, there's the drug conversation, okay? I've had the alcohol conversation with my kids. Uh, my kid, every single time we had a, one of our friends that had an alcohol problem and I had to take this friend to uh, uh, rehab, all this other stuff. And another friend I had to go bail him out. Multiple friends had to bail him out from, uh, uh, from jail because of uh, drug issues and alcohol issues. This has happened my entire life. Everybody has a friend that they've gone through a drug. And I'll tell him, I said, do you know who our president is? Yes. Who's our president? Donald Trump. Do you know what happened to his older brother? No, daddy. What happened to him? His older brother died. How did he die? He was an alcoholic. He drank alcohol? Yes, he drank alcohol. He died from drinking alcohol? Yes. Do you know Dylan, till today, every time he sees somebody drinking alcohol, you know what's the first thing he says? He says, are you drinking alcohol? Yes. <laughs> Did you know President Trump's older brother died from alcohol? He says it till today, okay? Amazing. Till today A he says it. public service? Now no, watch right. what happens. The other day, Dylan says, mm. Daddy, uh, the other day friends were over, they opened that one closet. We have a lot of alcohol. <laughs> What do we have all that alcohol for? I don't see you drinking it. Why do we have it? Tico says, because alcohol is good when you bleed. You put alcohol on your wood. <laughs> Give me a little rum and vodka I over here. I love the fact that Tico saved the day. So then we talk about drugs. We yeah. talk about a lot of drugs. And why do people use drugs? We, my kids are five, six years old. I'm having these conversations with them. 
I think the one conversation parents need to start having with their kids is about their careers. Hmm. And I think it needs to start very early. Meaning, son, think about being a coder. Think about predictive analytics. Think about data. Think about skill sets that are needed today. Think about hard skills. Soft skills are hardcore needed. You got to teach your kids how to lead, respect, improve, love, all of that stuff. But you got to teach your kids some real good direction to go into. Engineer is the way to go today. Not lawyer or doctor. It's engineer. It's how are you going to go be a person that knows coding, a person that knows analytics, a person that knows things like that. I understand the part where people say, well, my kid is an art person. She wants to go to fine arts. I totally get it. I don't say you have full control about what your kids are going to do. My parents could have told me whatever they could have told me. I ended up selling insurance. I guarantee you, never in my life have my mom and dad sat me down and said, son, one day you have to sell insurance mm-hmm. because that's the way to go. <laughs> you know. So all I'm saying is these 661,000 jobs that are lost and we're getting them back and gradually we're going back up, parents have to talk to their kids about what the future looks like with another pandemic that comes down because the standard's been set. The next president when a pandemic comes has to shut down everything. And when they do, if you don't learn from this mistake, we learn which industries took the biggest hit, we're going to pay the price mm-hmm. again. So families have to make the adjustments themselves. I think that's what needs to take Here's place. my question to the both of you, because you, you have a daughter who's, what, 14? Yes. Son, 10, 11. 11. 11. Studs, little skater. Your kids are... Dash. Dash, 8, 6, and 3, eight, seven, four? And, uh, 4. Okay. Totally understand, like, the sexual conversation with the boys, the yeah. alcohol. I assume you let Jen have the conversation with your daughter, Senna. She, I mean, I assume you don't have that conversation with her. I don't know. But the business conversation, what's the appropriate age that you should speak to your kids? Like for me, I don't have kids, so this is just being presumptuous. Four, well, six, eight Pat's might be a little hate early. This because I don't talk to him about being an engineer. I mean, I think I think from you know, you're wired differently. Some people are just wired. Like if mm-hmm. if someone had told me to be an engineer, I would have I would have been unemployed the rest of my life. I just wouldn't have been able to figure it out. You know, yeah. it was my brain just doesn't work that way. Um, I just try to encourage them in what they're good at, support them, and you know, no. they're they're finding their own. My, I have also a 22 year old daughter. You know, Kumusum Lati from Pepperdine, who's now oh, a teacher. Wow. She's going to be a teacher, so she's student teaching. So you kind of let them follow their own paths, mm-hmm. but support them. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, communication twenty four seven for us—that's what we do. Just so you know, I'm a hundred percent where Tom's at. Yeah, I'm one hundred percent where Tom's at because I have three kids. <clears throat> Each of them have different strengths and different interests, completely different interests. But if I notice Tom likes the camera today, guess what? Media is not a bad route to go. Today, you know why? What do we learn through the pandemic with media? Media blew up. Right. Mm-hmm. Media blew up. Why? What's the what's the first place we went to to get the news? Yeah. Media. People need information. So, yeah. so but you still can help steer in some kind of a direction and avoid certain things that are just not going to be happening, unless if they're going to find a way to disrupt. So, for example, I'd say this: is the conversation I have with the kids, and say. Uh, Tico, I'll say, so what do you like about video games? I like this about video games. I'd say, so Tico, how would you change this video game to make it better? And he'll say, you know what I would do? I would add this, and I would add that, and I would add this, and I would add this to it. That's great. How would you change this? I would do that, and I would do this. Everything goes to, tell me how you would improve this. Mm -hmm. Okay, hey, by the way, just so you know, know, newspapers are taking a big hit. This and they're taking a big hit. What would you do to change that? They give you that feedback. And you get them thinking about certain industries to go into. I'll say one thing that um, 
I had no clue what I was going to be. I know my. You got, I, you got I, a video you want to show us? I, I want to send it to Kai. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. By the way, do a drop. Then, right? Do a, do an airdrop. See if you can pick it up with an airdrop. Kai. Is that dash skating. Well, this is my dash. I was going to see if this is bad advice. Can I tell Dash to be a pro? Skateboarder, he's only been skating since December. First Kai, of all, can you, you guys, grab this? This guy's going to be a model. Forget about this. He's going to be a model. Side. He's going to be on a cover magazine. Go ahead. Well, I was okay. just going to say that one thing my dad would always tell me is like, sales, son, you got to be in sales. No yep. matter what it is, you got to be in sales. You got to be in sales. My mom, on the other hand, zero business savvy. She would say, whatever you end up doing, just be the best version of yourself. Good. Do whatever, you, whatever you want. You can be a garbage man. Be the guest best. You know how your mom yeah. constantly tells you to yeah. go to school? My mom to this day still tells me, I thought you were going to be a rabbi. Why didn't you become a rabbi? I'm like, mom, I don't even go to temple. I'm not into that. You can be such a good rabbi. My people listen to you. They like. I'm like, mom, the rabbi thing's done. It's not happening. Does she watch the podcast? She probably. will. She'll probably see this, but she's I she's going to be very upset that I'm still... She mom, thinks I'm a rabbi. Mom, just so you know, mom, I'm also disappointed he's not a rabbi. <laughs> I've, been, I've been working on it for the longest. Heartbroken yeah. when we couldn't but get mom, him to be a rabbi. But mom, the good thing is he acts like one all the time, yeah, so that's support. good. That's very good. well behaved. Popcorn, when he gets the popcorn, yeah. but go ahead. <laughs> but just, Mom's going to ask you, what is the yeah, popcorn? I think, I think something that I've learned is that, you know, again, I don't have kids, but all my best friends have kids and whatever. I think when you're young, you start wide. Right, and then you have to at some point use the funnel system. So, you do, being a jack of all trades when you're 10, 12, 15, 20 is fine, but you need to hone in. You need to have a specific skill set. You need to be a specialist. I've heard you mention this a lot: specialist over a generalist. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, jack of all trades doesn't cut it anymore. You have to be good at one yeah. thing, and then once you're great at one thing, yeah. you can branch out from there. And I, I and I, str I, I stress just be serious about it. If there's something that you're passionate, you're good, good about, feedback. you just gotta be serious about feedback. it and attack yeah. it. You know, very good feedback, Kai. Let's see Dash. By the way, just, okay. Just about everybody has to know this. Let me, let me put it to you this way: I meet a lot of kids. I'm telling you, I mean, a lot of kids. I, I got a lot of kids that I love. I got David, David Vera's son. The kid called me the other day. I had a 30-minute conversation with him on a Sunday. He wants to write a book. One of my favorite kids we have in a company. I had a lengthy conversation with him on how to write a book. He's 11 years old, by I'll the way. I'll talk to him, by the way. Yeah. My, I, Writer. Will you? I mean, yeah. he's, he's an 11-year-old kid, uh -huh. wants to write a book, so excited about it. You meet a lot of young kids that are studs. My, my nephew, my niece. My niece the other day is telling me about the economical challenges she's seeing with politics and why, uh, you know, she's concerned about what direction we're going with politics. And then Sean's having his... When you see kids, you know they're studs. This kid is a qualified stud. Dash, if you're listening to this, you know it as well. We don't have to even tell you. That's the challenge with this kid. He knows he's a qualified stud. What's up, bro? Watch this. He just this rolls up. speech on Sunday. Watch this. Look at this. You know what would happen if I did that? It, it, here's the crazy thing. Here's the crazy thing. How old is he? He's 11, and he's only been skating. I, I didn't let him get a skateboard. I said, there is no way in hell you're getting a skateboard. Me and my, Shonda and my wife were talking about yeah. this the other night. We're saying, I can't believe we just didn't decide until Christmas to let him have one. Let, let me say one thing I learned from you guys on what you did, which was very impressive. So we're having a lunch with you uh, at Manhattan. What was that place we had? Uh, the Strand Wonderful House. food, yeah. With our waiter, Ricky. Was it Ricky Ricardo? What was the waiter's name? I think Rick it was Ricky. It was Rick yeah. Ricardo. Oh, he loved you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, he, he kept coming up to you. Oh, you got jokes? You think you're funny? Yeah, yeah. David, he, he had good this joke. guy had no, no chill whatsoever. So, so but, but here's what happened. While we're having lunch and you guys are talking, uh, Ivana, yeah, uh, Ivana showed up, right? With an E. Ivana showed up. 
And with an E or an A? a with an A. 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 Ivana showed up. Yeah. And she showed up with a friend. They were about to go to a different place. And then she leaves. And then Shonda tells us, you know, that uh, she did an extensive, uh, intense six weeks, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, lifeguard training. Lifeguard yeah. training. I said, why are you doing a lifeguard training? Well, that's how we let our kids go to the beach by themselves. And I sat there and I'm thinking, you know, I came back, just so you know, I told this to my sister. I told this to my brother. I told this to Jen. I said, if we ever live near a beach... That is the only way I'm going to let Tico, because Tico loves the ocean. Mm -hmm. That is the only way we're going to let our kids go to the ocean by themselves is after they take a six-week lifeguard training. You take it, buddy, go to the beach by yourself. If you don't take it, I'm not letting you go by yourself. I thought it was a brilliant way of having your kids independently go to the beach by themselves without you being there. Oh, thanks. Yeah, and uh, luckily we live in a place where you can do that, and the training's phenomenal. And then Ivana, I think she's going to be a lawyer. I mean, she is, she's got the skills to be a lawyer right now, so I think I might guide her down that path. You sure you guys are done? <laughs> oh, God, yes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I mean, GQ Magazine's waiting for the next one. The contract will be on the plate the, the, the moment you guys You need to have done. that sex talk with your son ASAP. <laughs> and Dilly needs to have that talk every week of his life, no, buddy. That really. guy's picking up waitresses at six years old. And he's naturally doing it, which is yeah. very interesting. Okay, let's talk about... The legendary John McAfee. Let's talk about John McAfee. Have you ever seen his documentary, by the I've way? I've seen parts of it. He's okay. just a so, weird dude, man. Yeah, I, got, so, I have more have questions you guys seen and a comments documentary? on this one. Eric, you seen his documentary? No. Kai, have you ever seen his Have you seen his documentary or no? I want to. I want to watch it. You, I mean, I have not, not seen, seen it, it yet, no. Well, you may change your mind after you watch it. Oh, okay. Have, have you watched it? Any one of you guys? Okay. So here's what just happened with John McAfee. Indicted for tax evasion, accused of hiding cryptocurrency. Uh, yacht from IRS, antivirus software pioneer McAfee was indicted. The prominent among the tax division was Kevin Kevin's outrageous and erratic behavior from tech entrepreneur. The indictment alleges McAfee earned millions from promoting cryptocurrencies, consulting work, speaking engagements, and selling the rights to his life story for a documentary, but did not file tax returns from 2014 to 2018. Authorities also alleged McAfee concealed assets from the IRS, including real estate, a yacht, a car, and cryptocurrency. He was indicted on June 15, but the document was unsealed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So McAfee is facing even more legal trouble. On Monday, he was sued by the SEC for improperly promoting cryptocurrency ICOs. Thoughts on McAfee? Is he going to do time? I mean, will he actually step foot in a jail, in no a prison? Chance. Okay. No chance. Uh, this guy, I remember following him in like Inc. Magazine or the big business magazines, and they'd have all, all these profiles on him. How did he get caught? He was so good at, yeah. at being evasive, and they caught him in Spain, and they're going to extradite him here. But what, what a classic case of, uh, you know, the string just ran out on this guy, right? Ended. The chances of him going to jail are very slim. Right? The chances of even is, is he? What country is he in? Spain is that yeah, where he Spain. is? That's yeah. where Extradition is, is that even happening? Yeah, They're it not is. bringing it. No, I think it is. By the way, the SEC filing was fifty-five pages long. That's how thick the dossier was on the charges wow. for this guy. What was your take on him? From you, you interviewed a sit-down interview, two-hour yeah, interview with this yeah, guy. What I was did. your take on this so guy? You, Brilliant so, guy, though, right? Yeah, so I tell you, I'm, I thoroughly enjoyed my sit-down with him. But I'm going to give you the backstory. On Where how this was it? Place. By I'll the way. tell you exactly how the okay. backstory was. So, so I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, doing some business, and I'm meeting with Arthur Laffer, which I, you know from the Laffer Curve. Arthur Laffer, he was on the Bush uh, uh, advisor for on the finance side with Reagan. With he's done stuff with George. He's done stuff with a lot of different people. Okay, so. We're in Tennessee, uh, we're at Barnes and Noble, and Mario is in communication with uh, McAfee's camp. So they call and they say, okay, great. McAfee's ready if you guys wanna have a meeting with him. Where? At his house. Okay, we don't have the address. We start driving to his house. 
We pull up to his house. I'm on a call with Tom. I'm in my car. Mario and Luis go inside to set up, okay? No joke. I'm in my car. I'm talking to Tom. I'm like, I'll be inside in a minute. Different Tom. Yeah. Yes. It wasn't you. I'm, in, I'm on a phone. This is, this is three years ago. This is three years ago. So Mario and Luis go inside to set up, and all of a sudden Mario texts me, Pat, uh, they're not comfortable with you being in the car. I'm like, I'll finish the call. He said, no, no, you have to come inside. They just frisked us. I said, they just what? He said, they just frisked us. And our buddy Luis wasn't too comfortable about the situation. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I'll come inside to see what's going on. So I go, I go inside. They're all looking at me funny, like, who the hell is this guy? I'm like, hey, fellas, how you doing? And tat it up, ten AK forty sevens on the table right there. Ten AK forty seven. Is this Cuba? I'm giving you a low number, what? by the way. I'm giving you For a low real. number. This I'm is in dead Tennessee. Yes. Okay. So we go inside. The guys were like, "Who are you?" I'm like, "Hey, what's up? How you doing?" I'm Patrick by David. You know, so who? I said, "So uh, who are you?" I'm a former U.S. Army Ranger. I'm a former Navy SEAL. On their top. I said, "Oh, that's great. I served at the 101st Airborne. What was your MOS? 63 Bravo." It's a hotel eight specialized. I can go out there and do some stuff with the, you know, some of the trucks that I had. I had a bunch of FMTVs, LMTVs. I had 15 Hummers myself. What unit were you at? Three, two, six engineers. Get the fuck. Give a, come here, man. <laughs> Bring out the good whiskey, man. We're going to have some. All of us say, hey, listen, we got a couple girls upstairs. You want to go upstairs? I thought, I'm, I'm cool. He says, he says, it's good before the interview. I said, no, I'm totally fine, bro. And I'm like, my Mario, Luis, you got and I'm teasing that Mario. Mario's like, no, I'm good. <laughs> so we're having this drink. There's literally girls upstairs. Then all of a sudden, all you hear is, dun, 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 like something is opening. Okay. And you hear eight German Shepherds just barking all over, running on loud. This is loud. We're in a cul-de-sac, house is on the bottom, back is wide open with a bunch of land. And these dogs are, I said, what's going on? He said, oh, John is here. I said, okay, great. So we go and John shows up with his um, girl. And uh, he comes in, keeps <laughs> wiping his nose like 50 times. And, allergies. Uh, allergies, yeah, at the time. Right. It's a very big allergy season. So we sit down to do the interview. He's got a gun right here. Okay, on him while we're doing the interview. In the middle of the interview, it's about 43 minutes into the interview, I believe. In the middle of the interview, uh, somebody knocks on the door. This person knocks on the door. I'm just kind of like, I'm not even paying attention to the interview. I'm just, matter of fact, if you pull it up, you got to pull it up. Go to John McAfee's interview. In the middle of the interview, I'm sitting there and I'm talking to him. Somebody knocks on the door. One of the Rangers jumps up to the door with a gun. Who goes there? Who goes there? In the middle of Holy the interview. Holy crap. Yeah, I haven't told you the story? No. Okay, type in John McAfee. I, I can't right believe there. he agreed to do an interview. Okay, so go right there, click on that, and uh, uh, skip, uh, uh, just mute the audio until I can find the location. Uh, keep going, keep going slowly. Okay, uh, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. He looks nervous. Right there. Okay, well, oh, that's going. Uh, keep, keep going, 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 keep going. It should come up any minute now when a guy walks. If you go a little slow, you guys got to see this. Is that this. straight vodka he's drinking? Yeah, it's straight vodka he's drinking. By the way, all of a sudden, I want to really find this because you have to see the reaction. That's what was crazy about it. My camera guy was so worried. He thought it's over. He thought there's going to be a shooting. Keep going a little faster to see if anything comes up. He, right there, okay, 43 minutes. I don't know how I remember that, but 43 minutes. Okay, watch this. Okay, pause it. Go back five seconds. Let's hear what's okay, going on. Make it, um, if watch I this. To, um, to Ecuador from Hong Kong, the last country Look at the the gun. I'd go through is Russia. You've got 50 different <laughs> options. There are even direct flights from Hong mm. Kong to Ecuador. Why the heck is he going through um, Russia? <laughs> Holy crap. So, um, 
So I, you know, it's hard for me to say, is it good? Tied it up. That looks like Honduras or something. By the way, you didn't edit that out of the interview. No, he didn't ask you to stop rolling? Not at all. He didn't even blink. I didn't even blink. He didn't even blink. But the point is this. So, you know, these are some of the stories people tell me, like, oh, whatever. It's being exaggerated. That's exactly what happened. Roll the tape. Isn't it great when you have a story like that? You can say, let me show you, right? You got the video. You know, I have a story like that. Do you remember Calvin Ayer? He was the founder of Bodog.com, the online gambling site. He was on the cover of the Forbes Billionaire issue yes. probably about 12 years yes. ago. He was just an eccentric, crazy guy. I used to own this magazine called Post, and it was a great magazine. It was a luxury lifestyle magazine and sports magazine. So we just went into athletes' homes and never showed them in uniform and, and ballers, man. It was just a cool magazine. He loved it. He was living in Costa Rica and Vietnam and Vancouver, but he loved the magazine because we sent it to him. So he flew to Phoenix twice to go to a couple of our parties, right? Just to come, he flew to Phoenix from Costa Rica. And then he, he taught me how to, the only time I've ever played poker in my life, one time, he taught me how to play Texas Hold'em. And I kind of learned for 15 minutes, but that was it. I was horrible at it. Then he invites me to Costa Rica. And I go out there, and we were going to do this photo shoot with him. And we show up, and, and you know we're going, man, it would be cool if we did something in the bathtub. Oh, hang on. He makes a call. He has five chicks over there in a second in the bathtub with a rubber ducky. And then, hey, he shows up at the door. He opens up the door. He had a Post Magazine T-shirt on and with a, a glass of vodka at 9 in the morning. And then you look around, and he had he lived on a, cult or on, on a residential street, but he owned two houses each on each side just for security. He had a bulletproof Hummer, you know, the whole thing, just like that. And I'm going to myself. This is a Tuesday night for this guy. This is totally <laughs> normal. This is an average day for this oh guy. How do you gosh. keep up that pace? <clears throat> yeah, so some of the—by by the way, here, here's a crazy story about John McAfee. So this interview's happening. We have a good time. We leave. We're having all this conversation together. We post a video, and uh, there's a couple comments he made about the uh, uh, price of cryptocurrency. He said it's going to go up to $48,000 in a different interview. And anyways, long story short. One of the short clips gets five, six million views in a span of like a couple of days when we post on Facebook, okay? McAfee is got probably some of the most loyal followers in the crypto world that people need to know this. He has a following in the crypto world like no other. They adore this guy. They love this guy. At the same time, he has a lot of haters in the cryptocurrency world that can't stand it because some claim that he tells people don't sell crypto, but he sells us crypto. And then it goes down. It's so easy to do market like manipulation. Like a pump and dump type it's of thing. It's so easy to do that with crypto, right? On the back end. So, you know, in his documentary, there's a lot of weird stories. One of the stories was, you know, uh, uh, he had uh, all these dogs in the back. And his dogs were playing. His next door neighbor, who sold his company apparently, and he retired. And he bought a house right next to him in the Caribbean. I think it's in the Caribbean. He retires like, listen, John, I didn't come here to have a dog bark in the backyard nonstop. I made all my money to go to an island and retire so I can do whatever I want to do. And you're next to me. Every day I have to hear about dogs barking. He says, I can do whatever I want to do. It's my property. McAfee says this. Apparently, allegedly. Long story short, the owner of this house gets pissed off. He puts uh, uh, poison in a meat, oh, yeah. throws it over. Hmm. McAfee's dog eats it. McAfee comes back with his dog dead. And they find that he ate poison. And then he finds that this guy did it. He hires somebody to go take him out, so he gets killed. The neighbor gets killed. No. Yes. That's, oh. This is the guy. So they, <laughs> this is the guy you're talking about. Anyways, so that's one of the part of the stories. Who he marries in a documentary says, who'd you marry? He says, this is my wife. She says, he, sa he says, why'd you marry her? She gives the best blowjob I've ever had in my life. This is what he says in the documentary. He says, that's why I married her. I just want you to know this. That's marriage material for him. Boom. This is, this is why I say you may not enjoy the documentary, right. okay? 
So you're talking about a guy like this, John McAfee, is where he's at, right? So what's this, what's going to happen to him? If John Mac, if social media was around when John McAfee was first coming up and he sold McAfee, he would have probably had 50 million followers. He's one of the original Playboys. All these guys that wanted to be Playboys, they followed a lot of his steps of what he did. He was one of the original Playboys on what he did. So what's going to happen to him? I think when you're playing with fire and you need a lot of attention and you're no longer getting the kind of attention yeah. you did at one point, you're, it's, your time's going to come. It's not like you can't do this forever. And when mm-hmm. it comes, it's not pretty. It is not going to be pretty because rumor has it in the streets he's running out of money. Yeah. And when you're running out of money, you do desperate things. When you start doing desperate things, you eventually get caught. Happens How old do you to, think he is now? I'm going to put him in his early 60s. Oh, the, the, I don't know his age, what but I'm going to put him in the early 60s. He looks like a loose cannon. Like, when 75, he gets desperate, who Pat, knows what he's going to do? 75. You know, here, here's That's the what I'm big saying. question, Pat. He's falling off. What huh? do you yeah. think John McAfee tells his kids when he's having that sex talk with them? <laughs> I bet that's a... Get that blue, marry, marry the, buddy, the, marry the, the girl with the best book. Yeah. What wow. I do is I look for the woman who has no teeth. That's what I do, and I marry her. That's John McAfee's You know what? Uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad he got arrested. After hearing all these stories, I hope he goes to jail. Yeah. Karma, man. It caught up with him. Even in the comments right now, we have people being like, he's the man, he's epic. Yeah, he's, I'm telling you. And then people are like, he's a scumbag, he's the worst. That's exactly who he is. Polarizing. Yeah. Exactly Completely polarizing. Yeah. Exactly who he is. But, Guys, but, leave a comment what you think about this guy, John what, McAfee. What you, epic or the worst? What you have to realize is, he is who he is. He's mm-hmm. telling, there's nothing about him that he hides, though. All authentic. That's the part. Meaning, at least the, the, the benefit about a guy like this is, He's telling you, this is who I am. Yeah. He's not making stuff up to make himself look good right. or bad. He just said, this is who I am. Love me or hate me, it is yeah, what it exactly. is. Where Love were the threats coming from where he had to have that type of firepower backing him up? Did he have legit death threats or was that just part of his persona? Let me put it to you this way. He said, he said, I don't use regular phones. He says, I have the kind of a phone right now that I would never, he says, I can get any information I want out of your phone. The guy was, you, you know, there's a level of paranoia. You know, yeah. they say only the paranoid survive. But there's also the level where you skip it. You can get close to schizophrenia. Like mm-hmm. you start imagining like the world is after you and all this other stuff. I mean, if you got that kind of worry about people coming after you, you're not living a good life. It's a very difficult life to live. I mean, you get a knock on the door and all of a sudden you're, right, br- you're busting out you your guns. That, yeah, that, exactly. That is the yeah. craziest thing right there. Yeah, you did, the UPS I got to give you credit. What? You got guns all around yeah. you. You got a drunk psychopath with a gun on him interviewing him. Pat didn't flinch. There Knock are on the some door. parts right, of my life go. that will not be revealed, wow. but one day some people will reveal it. It's just some parts. Is, uh, so thumbs up, thumbs <clears throat> down for your take on this guy. About what? Him just being, overall. like. Look, uh, you can't. here's the reality of it. Who likes paying taxes? Who, who Who has ever said, I love paying taxes? Trump. Biden. No one, yeah, $750 yeah. is what it is. I, I got crushed, No one likes bucks. paying taxes, but the one thing you can't do, it's this. It's crazy. I read an article one time. There was a company that was going around saying, you know, there's no law written that you have to pay taxes. And they were campaigning around this until eventually the guy got caught and he had to pay taxes. So I, I get the rebellious side of I don't have to pay any taxes, mm-hmm. but you're living in a country where you got to pay taxes. If you avoid that, there's a price to be paid and you got to pay the price. So let's talk about Trump. Let's go, let's go into Trump here. By the way, if you're watching this, if you're enjoying this, press the thumbs up. We got a big announcement to make to you here shortly, which we are very, very excited about. And, uh, 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 you know, outside of that, uh, if you haven't subscribed to the channel, press that sub button and press that notification button. So every time we go live, uh, the, the podcast appears on your phone. So let's talk about Trump. So Trump gets COVID, you know, and he comes out on the date was what was the it was date? Thursday it was night. So the first October 1st at 1154. Kai, if you can pull up his tweet, he comes up at 1154, 1154 p.m. Look at that. 
At 11.54, he comes out and says, tonight, First Lady and I tested positive for COVID-19. First Lady and I tested positive for COVID-19. We will begin our quarantine and recovery process immediately. Kai, I think you pressed your mic and I hear additional noise. Turn it off. Oh, yeah. So, and I tested positive for COVID-19. We will begin our quarantine and recovery process immediately. We will get through this together. Okay. FYI, that is the most liked tweet he's ever posted mm. in his career, just so you guys know. There's never been a tweet that got more likes than this tweet, okay? Then he goes to the next video, okay? Click on the next video. He posts this video. We don't have to watch the whole thing. He's kind of talking about his experience. We're getting great reports from the doctors. Press pause. This is an incredible hospital. Look at the views. 26.5 million likes. Go to the next one. Uh, the next video he posts here. This is October 3rd, a day before. If you look at it, no tie-on. Can you pause the audio, Kai? No tie-on, you know, uh, just giving a message. His hair is not fixed. You can tell he's not in the best place there. 37.7 million views. Go to the next one. Here's another one. Update he gives October 2nd. So we just watch it in chronological order, but backwards. Because guy's from Norway. But we went from the 4th to the 2nd. This is the first one he did after tweeting it out. It got 33.2 million views. So let's do the math. So he first tweets it out. 1.8 million likes. 33.2 million views. 39 million views, 27 million views of him saying, I'm getting through this, right? And then he comes out and he starts leaving Walter Reed and he's going out there in the public. And on both sides, you heard stuff on CNN, people on CNN coming out saying, I'm, we're not surprised this happened. Pelosi, we're always praying for the president, mm -hmm. but we're not surprised it happened. A lot of people are not surprised by it happened. We're not surprised by it happened. A former Obama staffer, Send out a tweet. I don't think, Kai, you have that, but I'll read it because I have it here on my phone. A former Obama staffer tweeted out and said, it's, against, it's been against my moral identity to tweet this for the past four years, but I hope he dies. Zara Rahim. If you want to pull that up, they can kind of see the tweet. It was taken that immediately after he posted it. She posted it. Then Steve Cox, by I hope they both die. Originally, he says, I hope they both die, you know. He originally was meaning Trump and Melania. Then he retweeted Steve Cox. Says, I was talking about Trump and Biden, not Melania. She seems nice. You quoted me out of context. Shame. Okay. Now, all this stuff is happening. Uh, I got more stuff I can talk about this, but I'm going to turn it over to you. What are your thoughts about what's going on with Trump having COVID? I like how Cox says, shame on you, when yeah. he texts something like that. Yeah. Okay, anyway, um, well, let's go back to the announcement. Uh, and the reason I think that he got all those likes is, uh, literally, I think you can say this, in the, all the four years he's been president, that's the first time he ever seemed human. It humanized him, that he can actually contract a disease, be a little bit humble, be a little bit vulnerable. And I think that resonated with a lot of people um, that were moved by that thing. But then reality sets in a couple days later and he's a fighter and he's in a, an election battle yeah. right now and it's do or die and i think the last thing he wants to do is show weakness so i think it probably scared him right away especially with the fact that his wife had it and then he's thinking about all the you know he's still a human he's thinking about all yes. the people he was around and he's probably thinking to himself man a lot of people probably do have the potential of catching this and it is this is not going to look good this is not a great look for him at all but then I, it didn't take long. I mean, by the weekend, he was back in fighter mode. And, you know, and then the, the drive-by that he did at the hospital on Sunday. And now he's back in the White House and he's recovering there. And he plans on going out campaigning again. So, you know, I think the most important thing is I think it shows to people that you can contract this at a later age and hopefully be okay. I mean, the whole stigma around this thing is if you get it, you're going to die. I mean, every time you hear about it in the NFL, we got to shut these games down. No college. Everything is 
kind of an overreaction a little bit. I mean, we've had to be careful and safe and everything, but it's proven that, you know, college kids aren't dying, just dropping dead by playing college football and contracting COVID. So, um, I, I ultimately personally think it's going to help him. I think it, it, it's, it's a, an advantage for him to have gone through this, survived it and, and have the last four weeks with this in his background. I didn't even know he had COVID. I just, this is me first time me hearing about it today. <laughs> um, a lot to unpack here. I, Let's just talk about a 72-year-old man surviving while this. You're doing, while you're yeah. doing this, I'm just curious. Folks, if you're watching this, does this help him? Does this hurt him? Why? Don't just say yes or no. Say yes because of this, no because of that, that, that. Go ahead, Adam. Yes or no. So he's not just any average, is he 72, 74? 74. 74. How old 74. Is he? He's not just the, some average 74-year-old who contracted COVID. It's a freaking president of the United States. They're, they're not going to let this guy... Die like they're gonna give him every single treatment, every single steroid, every single drug to make sure that he lives and survives straight up. So okay. whether it's not some just seventy-five-year-old dude in Iowa that contracted it, good luck, buddy. Like it's the freaking president. They're not. They're gonna give him everything he needs. What I think, you know, I did a poll on uh, on my Instagram. Um, does this help or hurt him? Sixty percent yeah. of people said that this helps him. Forty percent obviously think it's hurt. I don't. You know. I don't know how this helps him per se. I mean, getting COVID, I don't think is a good thing. I mean, at the end of the day, do you want COVID or do you not want COVID? I'll go with the, the not COVID option. Thanks. But let's just talk about who around his inner circle got COVID, right? His wife. So uh, Hope Hicks, that was the big news, I yep. think, early that Friday. Kaylee McEnany, the White House press secretary. Yes. Several uh, U.S. senators, Tom Tillis, Ron Johnson, uh, Governor... Chris Christie, COVID, not a healthy guy, by the way. Good luck with him. Kellyanne Conway, his homegirl. Uh, Bill Stepien, uh, Trump campaign manager. Ron McDaniel, RNC chairwoman. Mike Lee, U.S. senator. Uh, Nick Luna, assistant to the president. His closest inner circle, including his wife and secretary, press secretary, all COVID. This might humanize <laughs> these people, but it also shows, holy crap, if COVID can seep its way into the highest office in the land and everyone surrounding him. This is pretty serious stuff right here. Okay. I don't want like anyone who wished the president death. You got to reassess where you're coming from. Okay. I don't care if you're on the left, you're on the right. Like I, if I, if I could go back and I thought, and I, and I liked Obama, I wasn't like a huge, you know, nutty Obama fan, but I thought he was a good president. I thought he was a good person. If there were people on the right wishing Obama death, which I'm sure some people were, I would tell that person, dude, what's wrong with you? What the hell's wrong with you? Mm -hmm. Same thing goes for Trump. If there's people out there on the left who are wishing for death for the president of the United States, like, dude, what are you doing? Like, relax. It's not that serious. Someone texted me the other day or messaged me. Um, how could, because I, because I was, when I did the story, whether you, you know, think it's helpful or hurts. And I was basically kind of just playing in the middle. How, what do you think? What do you think? They messaged me. How could you possibly even consider voting for Hitler Jr.? I'm like, I'm like, what are you talking about? Donald Trump is Hitler Jr. I go, listen, uh, how, and because my sister is actually a Trump fan. My sister, you know, doesn't know what she's doing politically, just in general, not like, but like she. <laughs> I want to know who your mom is voting yeah, for. That's my mom would know. not vote for Trump. Not whatsoever. But if you're my a rabbi, she would consider uh, it. Yes, of course. <laughs> my grandmother voted for Trump the first time around. Now, 
She's in Michigan. Now, no chance she would vote for Trump. So I have family members that can go left or right. But I told this person that texted me about the Hitler Jr., I go, be careful with the fucking words you're using. You're calling the president of the United States, whether you hate him or love him, Hitler Jr. Do you know how absurd you sound? Do you know how absolutely absurd you sound? So what I think this country needs, whether you're on the left or the right, is just a little respect for the other side of the aisle. I'm, I'm not a Trump fan. That's no secret. Yeah. But I respect the 40% of our country that does respect Trump, that does passionately love Trump. So I just try to think if the other shoe is on the other foot and Obama or Clinton or yeah. whoever was contracted COVID, whatever you think of them, you don't wish death upon somebody. Yeah. Okay. So get it together, people. So that's where you're at. And by the way, your grandma who switched from Trump to now Biden, I don't know if you know or not, yeah. she has a grandson that's thinking about switching from Hillary to Trump. I don't know if you know that. Or no, not. no, Your no. Grandma, different grandson. Different grandson. <laughs> he's thinking about it. We still it. got our bet. Do yeah, we not? He's still, he's, uh, he's, uh, yeah, I told you. I told you yesterday what I would do with that. I, my position hasn't changed. Uh, although I do think this is a big curveball and it can go many different directions and a couple things on what I mean, many different directions. By the way, if you can put the Washington Post story up and what Chris Evans from Hollywood said, here's the Washington Post tweet. Uh, this post has been removed. Uh, 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 the Post has removed the tweet picture below, which was written Thursday and released through an automated program because the subsequent news of President Trump infection rendered it tasteless. Opinion. Imagine what it would look like to never have to think about Trump again. This is from Washington Post. So they took responsibility, didn't take responsibility. It's kind of like, well, at least they did it, but it's automated. We didn't do it. We would never say something like it's more like an automated I don't know a lot of automated titles that create things like this. This is an opinion, which means you somebody came up with a, a title. Here's what Chris Evans just tweeted out a couple days ago, 19 hours ago, uh, where Trump, first let me read Trump's tweet on what, okay, perfect. It says, I will be leaving the Great Walter Reed Medical Center today at 6.30 p.m. Feeling very good, really good. Don't be afraid of COVID. Don't let it dominate your life. We have developed under the Trump administration some really good, great, great drugs and knowledge. I feel better than I did 20 years ago, okay? So go back. And then Chris Evans, this is, AKA Captain America, by the way, you guys got to read. When Captain America says stuff, you got to listen to it. Mm. He said, "Don't be afraid of COVID, huh? You've been under the round, uh, you've been under round the clock care by the best doctors using the best drugs. Do you really think everyone has access to that? Yes, Chris Evans does. I totally agree. Sadly, with I'm that. sure you're aware of that disparity. You just don't care. The reckless, this is reckless to a shocking degree, even for you. Okay." Are you saying you agree with that? I actually 100% agree with Chris. In which Evans part? On that. Which part? That he has the best care in the world. Yeah. It's so easy for Donald Trump to say, "Don't be worried about COVID." Meanwhile, we have 200,000 Americans that have died and well, a million people. He didn't say worried. He said guys, scared. Guys, this is okay. You can't play those cards that you're playing here. You, this is a 74-year-old man that got COVID. Okay, let me ask you a question. Does Herman Kim have access to the same drugs that he has? No. Yes, he's a... No. Uh, the moment you're officially qualified rich, you have access to same drugs that money does buys. He have, does he have access to good drugs? Sure. Does he have access no, to the same it's not, care it's, as the President of the United let, States? Let no me way. ask you a question. Herman Cain has let been relevant 20 years. Let me ask you a question. Why is O.J. Simpson free today? Because Borat interviewed it. It was a great interview. O.J., O.J. La, 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 la. Why is O.J. Why is Simpson free today? Because he, he had a great president? lawyer. He had Johnny why, Cochran. Why does he have great lawyers? Because he had that money. Oh, oh, oh. So because he has money. So how about the criticism of a lot of famous people that have so gotten away you with... So you don't think that wealthy people have died from COVID? What, what I'm are you saying? What I'm trying to tell you is, if he was going to die from COVID, 
whether you give him medicine or not, if the body was weak, he's going to die. So th- you, mm. can't take, you can't take one position and just kind of play you don't with that. Think... I stay in the middle with this. No, no, I, I don't yeah. go Chris Evans, but I also don't go the other side. I'm in the middle with this, okay? He's made, let's just say he makes it through this. Great. Say he makes it through this, okay? Let me tell you what's about to happen here. Here's a couple things that's about to happen. On one end, when it comes down to marketing, you have to know who's the better marketer, period. There is no question Trump's the better marketer than Biden. Well, yeah, Number one. obviously. Number one, Hope Hicks, semi-genius. I've spoken to her a few times before. We were trying to do an interview four years ago, and she is at 23, 24 years old. She spoke like she's 45 years old. Kellyanne Conway, she's a genius to put the words together. She's a wordsmith. If you don't think she is, you're the fool. Because mm-hmm. if you ever watch her interviews, she may have helped the last election save Trump because here's a oh, woman that's without going, a doubt. Without a doubt. She right? needs to work on her own household, though. And, that, that, and by the way, they posted a picture yesterday. She actually came out positive, and she's with her daughter right now spending time, which is good to see them together with the family. Kellyanne Conway. But you go through all of, even Obama against McCain. Who had a better marketing team? Obama. Yeah. yeah. Sanders against Biden. Who had a better marketing team? Sanders. Sanders had a better marketing team. Trump is going to know how to use this. They have to know that. And the one part is, now imagine in the next debate, the topic of COVID-19 comes up. Trump says, Biden, you've never had it before. You don't know what it feels like to have COVID. (laughs) I do. Believe me, you can't talk from experience. I have experience. Let me teach you. Hmm. The world is going to say, ah, damn it. If he uses it to say, I know what it is to have COVID. I have personal experience. Biden, you don't. You can't speak on this topic. I can speak on, on it from experience. That gives him an edge, and he's going to know how to use that in his advantage, to his advantage. Period. That's one part. That's going to be taking place. Next, 1.8 million people clicking like on his tweet. You know, 39 million views, 33 million views, 27, 28, 29 million views. People have sympathy for him right now. This is the time when people have sympathy. If there's ever that you don't want your opponent to get sympathy votes, it's today. Sympathy votes are very weird wo- votes. Because sympathy votes is not about whether you like the other guy or not. Sympathy votes are, oh, man, I just feel bad. Even if you're right, people will go to the sympathy side. Say a husband and wife argue. Say the husband is right. Wife is crying. You will generally say what? What, Dude, come on, bro. Mary, I'm so sorry. You you understand what I'm saying? It's sympathy votes. Sympathy votes are powerful votes. And they know how to use sympathy votes. Now, on the complete opposite side, what the left is going to do is what? Do you want somebody leading a nation this reckless? Do you want somebody that is this reckless that has access to the button? Do you want somebody that has no control of decision making and, you know, he doesn't listen to anybody and he's going out there and driving around in this limo and God knows who else is getting COVID and look how many people around him are getting it. He doesn't care. He doesn't wear the mask, all this other stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Um, We're about to find that in the next four weeks if this is going to end up helping this guy out or not. But I think from a marketing yeah. standpoint, it's going to help him out. Joe Biden's listening to you right now, and he's going to go try to contract it today. Yeah. He wants it. He wants nah. that sympathy. Well, well that. I tell you one thing, though. Let me give you the other crazy thing. Let me give you the other crazy thing. So I'm, I'm having a talk with a couple of my guys. And uh, <laughs> so interesting. So uh, one of the guys I know, he, he, not in our company, in a different company, he has some issues in his marriage, Okay. And he says, uh, dude, let me just tell you what I got to tell my company. I said, what's that? I just really don't want to go to an event that they're having. I'm going to tell my boss that I got COVID. I said, what do you mean? He said, I'm just going to tell him. <laughs> I said, well, you're serious? He says, yes. I said, dude, you're going to tell me you got COVID. I said, you know, you got to show if you got it. He says, yeah, I know, but I'm not W-2. Okay. So I'm going to say I have COVID. I said, he can still ask him. He can still fire you. He says, yeah, I know they can still fire me. So you're taking a risk. I'm taking a risk. It's okay. 
So anyways, he takes that position. Guess what happens a week later? He they got fired. COVID. No, no, he, get, you're fired. <laughs> he, didn't, he said that because he didn't want to go with his wife? He's no, a, no, oh. be, because he and his wife are having issues. Oh, okay, He doesn't want to say he and his got wife it. are having issues. Okay. So he just said, I got COVID. Okay. Um, I think there is a very big power play if Biden in the next week comes out saying there's COVID because he doesn't have to debate. There's, you there's think a, there's a power play with hmm. him saying he got COVID? Yeah. I Dude, think, no chance. But, but wait a minute. I'm just, look, I'm just. Yeah. We're, you're, you're throwing st- stuff against the wall. I'm not throwing stuff against yeah. the wall. You're stipulating. You're yeah. saying, and I'm giving back. You you yeah. commented it, and I'm coming okay, back to you, and okay, I'm responding okay, okay. to what you said. I didn't come up with the idea. You said it yourself. So I'm, I, what did I say? We're talking about this whole thing about what could possibly happen. Trump's, so uh, Biden's if, living in some bubble of emotion right now. He ain't Biden, COVID. I think Tom said that what if he comes back and Biden says he has COVID. Gotcha. Tom said it. if he says that. If he comes out with it, it's also a strategic move. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily if he goes intentionally gets it. If they say he has symptoms, we're worried. We don't want to, We want to cancel the debate because it's the responsible thing to do. Then you got the people on one side that are voting for the quality they value the most: responsibility. Biden seems so responsible. He cares about the people around him. Then the other side is people like Tom that they're going to say, "Freaking Trump is not afraid." Even four days after having, it, he's going out there, still getting the job done. He's not showing any. That's the kind of a leader I want. We're going to see which one of those two America has more of. Yeah. Well, what, do, what do we always talk about? There's 12% of this country that... 10. Is it 10? 42, 40, 44, 4. That's okay, so just to back up, 42% of the country is going to vote for Trump. No matter what. 42. 42. Not 49, no. not 32. No. People 42. out there listening, well, 44, 42. 44% are going to vote for Biden, yes. straight up. That's yes. the number. Yes. So, 40, so, that, so that's, that's 86, yes. yeah? So now we have 14 remaining. 4% are going to maybe vote for... Joe Jorgensen or the Libertarian or the yeah. Green Party. So we're talking 10% of the country. Is that the number? 10% yeah. of the country is independent. Yes. So that's that's what's going to move the needle. The 10% of this country in Ohio, in Pennsylvania, bless you, COVID. Um, yeah, in the states. We, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, uh, Michigan, Florida, North Carolina, Arizona, all these swing states. That's really who matters. I don't really care if you're in New York, California. There's certain states that don't matter. The ten percent in those in those states, they're going to determine this election. So they're going to have to determine whether they think. You know, go back to Captain him America's catching COVID is a good comment, thing. right? Go if to Captain can. America's tweet. You know, here's the thing that really annoys me about that comment. Um, you know what? What's so wrong with saying "Don't be afraid"? Why do you have to live your life in fear? I mean, it's okay to respect the fact that COVID is out there, but I don't want to be afraid of it. I mean, there are people, people are just wired so different. I know people right now that still won't let their kids go hang out, won't let them leave the house, basically. And I'm going, you know, at some point, you got to get out from underneath the rock here. I mean, life is a series of risks that you take. You know, I I think I got COVID. I really do. I went to New York in February. In February, I was at JFK (laughs) Airport. I was at Times Square at a hotel. I was at 30 Rock. I mean, I was in New York and I came back and I was sick. I was really sick. I mean, down for a week, but then I was back. So I thought I had it. But I mean, my God, I mean, why can't we let some people be okay with not living their life in constant fear? I think it's inspiring that someone can get it and come back from it. You know, we have this neighbor. This is funny. We were going for a walk one day and this lady, she was by her house. She was sitting outside and she was just super friendly. And, and, and Shonda just goes to her, hey, how's it going? Oh, good, good, good. You know, and I saw we had, she, she had a bottle of wine yeah. out there and it was like 10, 1030 in the morning on a, on a, on a, on a how old Sunday. Is she? How old is she? she was like 80. She was 80 and she good was super spunky. And she goes, oh, hey, how you doing? How you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling just fine. You know, I think it's that Viking blood in me that's keeping me alive. I go, oh yeah, why, why is that? Well, I'm from Minnesota and you know, I'm just hardy. You know, well, my husband died two weeks ago. So her husband was 84, contracted COVID, died 
She caught it, lived. Here's the funniest thing about the story, though. They cremated him, and his favorite car was his uh, <laughs> sitting in the garage. So they just put him in an urn, and he's sitting on the driver's seat of his car inside the garage. But she is just—I mean, it was unbelievable how she is just like— her husband literally died two weeks ago from COVID, but she <laughs> survived at the age of 84, and, and he's sitting there in the garage— in a jar on the driver's seat. So, Drinking wine I mean, two was, weeks after. Look, she up. wasn't, you know, hiding or, or, you know. Was she happily married or was she like kind of glad? Yeah, I don't know. You know I'm not so sure where she's at. I, I don't know if she took right him out now. or not. You, you may want to ask the question. Yeah. You know, My what? husband died of COVID. Time to drink. Yeah. She's from, you said she's from Minnesota? Yeah, she was originally from Minnesota. She's from Minnesota. I think that was It is she... kind of the Middle East though. So, you know, <laughs> it, it, of, of U.S. So Midwest, By the way, by the way, you know what would be funny to make this year? To say, don't be afraid is for Trump's camp to go find a clip of Captain America saying, don't be afraid, in one of the movies, and putting it right here. The man who said, don't be afraid, is afraid, you know? <laughs> so, but, but, you know, these guys here, uh, that they're going back and forth, uh, taking shots at each other. I think the you, bigger question, can I ask, is why is the, the mask wearing and COVID so politicized, right? Like, why is it so politicized? Like... Okay. On what side? On every side. Yeah. Why are you like, on the left, you're anti-American, you're anti-science um, if you don't wear a mask, but if you're on the right and you, and you, and you, people are wearing masks, uh, you're taking away my liberty. Like, why is it so political? Like, it's not, the COVID is not just happening in America. It's happening all around the world, right? Yeah. In Mexico, it's horrible. In India, it's horrible. In Brazil, it's horrible. There's certain, Europe is going on lockdown round two. Why is it so politicized in America? Why is it so, you wear a mask, Freedoms. you must be a Democrat. You don't wear a mask, you must be a Republican. Like, why is it, like, just as someone who, you know, is center left, you think I like wearing a mask? You think I want to go out on Saturday night and wear a freaking mask? You think this is cool for me? Tell the audience, you, think this you is wore fun? your Gucci mask that you got yeah, on. Yeah, and... no, that's our boy Ricky Aguilar. But why is it so politicized? So, like... I, I took a picture the other day of me not wearing a mask. I got hate from liberal friends of mine. How do you? How dare you not wear a mask? I'm like, bro, I'm Why, all by where myself. Where were you? Wherever I was in, a, I don't even know. I was just outside, wherever I was. I, just, just normal. Yeah. How do you not wear a mask? You're, you got, you're setting a bad precedent. People on the right, go get them, buddy. You show these people you don't need a mask. You know, tr Why is it so politicized? Trump says he's going to start campaigning again. I mean, he said this is not going to slow him down. Doesn't he have to do 14 days of quarantine? How do you get out of Trump that? don't give a shit, man. He's going to he's going to he's going to he's going to campaign there's, there's COVID or no that, COVID. There's a part of that that's so attractive to an audience, but there's also part of that that's very unattractive to an audience, you know? Uh, he's uh, the John McAfee of politics. People either love him or hate him. You know, I wouldn't go that far. No, I wouldn't go that I far. I think so. No, no, come on. You don't think I people mean, what, hold on, what, what Dude, was incorrect about what I said? What do you mean he's a John McAfee of politics? I mean, what kind of thing you is either, that Meaning you either love him or hate him. If it's that category, That's yes, what I'm saying. But, you know, it's, uh, you know, if it's that part you're Would talking about. Would it be about. fair to say that Trump supporters love this man? Or hate him? No, no, no. no. Trump supporters yeah. absolutely love this man. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if all of them do. But I for the most he, part. No, I think I, I think there's a group that just simply vote because they're scared of what's going on on the complete opposite side. I'm being that serious with mm -hmm. you. And they're like, like I have a, 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 a very close friend. You guys know the name. I'm not going to say this name on TV because uh, this person wouldn't want people to know which person, which way this person leans. They cannot stand Trump mm -hmm. at all. 
but they're going to vote for Trump simply because they have no desire to see what the other direction is going. If you're asking about Trump's true believers, yeah. they are crazy about him. Crazy 100%. about him. So you're talking about true believers. I'm talking about the Joshes of the world, the whoever's of the world, that no he can do and it's not no even wrong. Just Tom him. might even be in that camp. I'm well, not so sure people yet. people that like bullying bullies. Yeah. It's people just, that like bullying bullies. Look, you watch Hunger Games. What's Hunger Games all about? It's the government controlling people. You mm-hmm. read any, you read, Robin Hood is about what? The government taxing more of its citizens. It's not Robin Hood doesn't go and take money from the rich people and give it to poor. Robin Hood goes, takes money from the government and gives it to mm-hmm. the people. That's what statesmen essentially do to say minimize and lower the taxes a little bit. Why are you taking so much money from everyday workers? So you, you, this is not about... This is not about comparing it at that level, but uh, uh, I get your point of what you're making. By the way, just so you know, a lot of people here are saying the following. A lot of people are giving you a lot of love, Adam, just so you know. A lot of people are saying, Adam is growing on me. I appreciate Adam being sentimental and not lacking the fact that the left is going after Trump. So you got a lot of uh, uh, soy boy hashtags on fire today. Like soy boy <laughs> hashtags on fire today. But, I, t- I try not to read the comments, but thanks. But some people said it's not going to help him. Some people are saying it is going to help him. Uh, I would say 70-30 saying help to not help, um, you know, and, and people got some commentary about, uh, uh, about uh, you know, well, helping what, out. What not I will out. say about our audience is that they, we obviously have a, a I would say, in my opinion, a 70-30 pro-Republican audience. It is an entrepreneur channel. Okay. So you got to realize cool my that. audience and is business people. And just so you guys understand, even though I don't necessarily agree with Trump, don't think that I'm not a capitalist. Don't think that I don't respect your opinions. So uh, much love Cassandra for all you guys Aguilar. out there. Cassandra Aguilar, Adam is growing on me. Jonathan Burgess, we love you, Adam. Soy That's boy mafia. That's we soy boy mafia. You. Go ahead. You know, it's on the table that they do this next debate via Zoom. So it'll be interesting to see yeah. if Biden tries to just use this to get out of the next debate. I, that's what I'm expecting next. You know, what's the fallout? You know, what's going to happen in the next couple of days? Because Can we talk about begun. that the Biden debate? Can we t- because we I don't think we brought it, brought that up. I don't know if we have. We have. We have we? I don't know. I, wasn't we there I think I got dementia. I don't know. No, I no, rubbed no, off no. on me. For an hour after it. Remember, yeah. were we live? But, yeah. but, but what was his it? expectations. Did, 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 did drink spice or something? <laughs> what? Is it roofies Shout in out there? to Jarrah. She put uh, something in that drink. Was I was falling asleep, that drink man. For you. But Biden, you know, his expectations were so low. Like, I thought he was going to come out there like on a skeleton and like just you know, um, Pinocchio, that thing out there. Um, and he actually seemed cognitive. Which means, which means the following, which mm-hmm. means may not be a bad idea to have a part two. So if the Biden mm-hmm. camp thinks truly what you think, yeah. which is he did better than expected, guess what? If you're so confident, you should have a part two and a part I three. I think they 100% awesome. should have another I, debate. I, I hope you're right. I don't, th- I hope he doesn't I can't wait out. for Trump to say, I know what it's like to have COVID. I can't wait for that line to be dropped. Right, but I think it's I think be it congratulations, bro. This is when science and karma yeah. meet. Trump yeah. gets car- uh, that COVID. Was a, that was a good line by you. Who said science and SNL. karma? SNL with Jim yeah. Carrey. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to Jim Carrey's impersonation of Biden and. You know, Alec Baldwin, I think, does a does a great job yeah. uh, doing his uh, Trump thing. Biden had a town hall last night on yeah. NBC. In, in Miami, in, yeah, right in across Miami. the street from my crib. Uh, real unbiased, by the way. <laughs> Just like that Trump one when they were attacking him. Not. Um, he says he regrets calling Trump a clown. He says he wished he would have said it was clownish behavior. So he's backpedaling on that one a little bit. I, I that, gotta, that, that I gotta make a comment. Undignified, I thought. Here, here we go. This is the problem with people and, you know, what I call, you know, they're, they're, they're Twitter tough. I, I'm not even going to read the name. Soy Boy is a communist Antifa BLM. 
Like, dude, what are you talking about? Just because I don't agree with you on loving Is Trump. Is something you're not telling us? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a communist Antifa BLM Is it, because I'm not a, a fan of Trump. Get God, it have together, we done an extensive buddy. background check on Adam or no? Yeah, we got yeah. to get our CIA people to follow up on the I'm sauce. I'm a Marxist, neck. communist. Uh, you know, Melania didn't even have symptoms. Absurd. Let's talk about Melania. Let's yeah. pull, up, pull up the Melania recording that was uh, uh, shared with one of her former friends. By the way, folks, if you have friends like this, you don't need enemies. This is a friend who is sharing this phone call. The, the main thing, if you haven't seen this already, we can listen to it together and have a reaction. I just want you to see at the end when Anderson Cooper is speaking for 15 minutes of his reaction to this. I want you to see the reaction of her face. Like, just see her face at the end. That's what I want you to focus on. But first, if you haven't heard it, play it. Let's hear it together. This is July of 2018. I'm, I'm complacent. I'm the same like him. I support him. I don't no. say enough. I don't do enough. No. Where, where I am, I put a, I'm working like a asthma, asthma. I know. Christmas stuff that, you know, who gives a f about Christmas stuff and decoration, but I need to do it, right? Yeah, but go ahead. 100%. You have and no then, choice. And, okay, and then I do it, and I say that I'm working on Christmas, uh, planning for the Christmas, and they said, oh, what about the children? They were separated. Give me break the, uh, where, where they were saying anything when Obama did that I know they, they, I cannot go I I was trying to get the, the kid reunited with the mom I, I, I didn't have a chance need to go through the process and through the law but here's my thing hear what you just said but instead of that if, if, you just your messaging you you were so loved you they were not do the story we put it Getting emotional. Getting crying. Yeah. Story. Until you would not believe it. They mm. would not do the story because no, they, they are not. They would not do the story because they they are they are again. Look what she says about Fox, by the way. Media. Yeah, if I go to Fox, they will do the story. I don't want to go to Fox. It, it's so interesting. Look at her face. Just watch her face. Being Look how many times it moves. Decorating the White House for Christmas. Uh, you know, I certainly doesn't jive with you know the Fox whole idea. I mean, if we're talking about a war on Christmas. Um, Watch. It's, it's funny that she would be leading that. That, um, but but you see that? certainly it, it's one of those traditional roles, and That's just uh, she's trying to hold it together. I don't know. It's, it's fascinating her to talk like that. Okay, yeah. Pause her, it. Her reaction is because she can't believe she betrayed her like that, and now she's on TV talking about it. She looks completely embarrassed and ashamed. Okay, and here's the other thing: uh, they, they completely misread that Melania wasn't trivializing Christmas. She was saying. Most Americans don't really care that I'm hanging decorations, but yet she has to act like it's a big deal. That's what she was talking about. But I, I loved Anderson Cooper's reaction. He was just he, failure to compute. He was just trying to find something negative to say about her in that moment, and that's all he could pull out. All I, all I got to say is I'm in favor of legal immigration for anyone and everyone who looks like Melania Trump. 100%. Let them in the country. You'd if buy they, popcorn for if her? I'd buy anything. <laughs> The the best thing that Trump has going for him, and, and I'm not even being facetious right now. The best thing, Adam, is that Melania and Trump and Ivanka Trump are certified female studs. Like they did make. Did you listen to anything she said? Like, did she talk about the I Yankees having a shot at winning? What did she say? Actually, tell us what she said. What was she talking about? She was talking about collecting, hanging what? up Christmas and stories, and, get, and getting and getting yeah. uh, the, the 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 border and the moms and the connected with the kids. She's just so freaking gorgeous that you know like, she could say whatever the hell she wants wow. to say. Like, 
I don't know. Same with Ivanka Trump. These like that's the best thing that Trump has going on. He's got good looking wife, good looking daughter. The shit show around him is ridiculous, but it's, it's, he, he, he. So let me get this straight. Taxes yes. are not going to convert you. No. Policies are not going to convert, no. convert you. But how beautiful Melania yes. is. She could convert you yes. to vote for Trump. Plus, she says, about, says a lot about your standards. That's this where I'm great. at now. That's where I'm at. That, straight up. That is, that that's is real one, politics. That's the one thing I'll that tell you about Trump. Politics. I'm being honest here, guys. If you're out there in the crowd right now and you're not like, you're, you know, and, and everyone knows I'm true. Everyone knows this is true. You take a look. You take a look oh at, gosh. I'll tell you one thing. You take a look at Ivanka Trump, and then you take a look at, uh, not to get all weird here, you take a look at Pete Buttigieg and his uh, potential husband walking down. Are you kidding me? Give me Ivanka Trump. Uh, give me uh, Melania Trump any day of the week. Okay? I'm just saying. You look at uh, Bernie Sanders' wife, whatever that mongoloid is, and then, you, and then you look at Ivanka Trump. Come on. They got a good-looking situation going on over here. So That's all saying I'm saying. you're presidency should be Optics. judged by... I'm How just saying optics. He's done a great job bringing some. That's beauty, why Jimmy Carter didn't get beauty. reelected. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's a sad situation. Look, right people, there. people could be like this or that or yeah. this or that. Yeah, you know it's true. They're gorgeous. What are you gonna say? <laughs> I don't know what the hell she was talking about. They're hanging the Christmas. I don't know. I don't know. The lock me up. I don't care what she's saying. She's gorgeous. And there it is. <laughs> there it is. I said it. There it is. I see People have been wanting me to say that for you. Would you, you say she is the hottest first lady ever? Is that ever, for sure. Not even close. Not even close. Who? Jackie O. Maybe, but not so much. I don't know. Marilyn Monroe was she considered a first? I don't you know. see Calvin Coolidge's wife? Not bad. Yeah. Just kidding. Abraham Lincoln's wife. Okay. Or, uh, so, so, would you disagree that she's the hottest first wife? I mean, first lady. I wouldn't disagree. I, I mean, how could gorgeous. you? She's yeah, freaking I, I, a supermodel. I wouldn't. I would, and I love the way how. Uh, how she is. I think okay, she I'll tell you what. Whenever Trump leaves office, whether it's in four weeks or in four years. Nicholas Mattis asked Adam, yeah. from here until the election, what would Trump have to do to win your vote outside of marrying a Hook me up woman. with the chick that looks like Melania. Done. We got sister. it. Sister. <laughs> you hook me up, Melania's sister. I take care of you. Um, are we going to talk about Borat part two? Is can that coming we, can, up? Can, you were going to make a point. because I, I will I'm, say this. Whether yes. Trump leaves office in four weeks or in four years, when she writes a book, yeah. number one bestseller. Day, day it comes out. Straight up. Yeah, she's got some secrets. No she's question. got some stories, and man. And she's smarter than you think she is. She's got. I mean, are you kidding me? I spent a day with her. She, yeah. it, was, it was impressive. You spent a day I with did. her. I Tell did. me I about that. I spent a day that. with her. I interviewed her for a magazine. and we. we Tom, out. this whole time you've been holding no, out it, stories. It was, it was You're on, telling stories about weirdos in Costa Rica. Let's hear this story. Adam Ciro. What are you doing? It was the top floor of their hotel on, in Central Park. Okay. You know, amazing view. And How long ago was this? This was probably 2012. Maybe pre, 11, this, is pre, this is pre-presidential. Yeah, this was like after, okay. you know when okay. when when Apprentice was dying yeah. down. But I mean, I was impressed. I really was. She was super cool. She was professional. She was cordial. Um, she was personable, and, and I was really impressed. I mean, you, you go in there and you're thinking that you know maybe you have these preconceived notions that she doesn't. You know, it's just her looks and everything that got her. But man, she's an impressive person. She was very accomplished in Russia to come. She's strategic. She is a calculating individual. She is not someone. I mean, there's been deals that have been made, I'm sure, for her to put up with what she's had to put up with over the years. I mean, the, she's a very, very brilliant, calculating person. And you're right about the book. I think it'd be an amazing read. No question. Straight up. She knows that Trump has cheated on her. She has to know that, right? She's not a dummy, buddy. Okay. Yeah. But she's sticking by her man. There you go. You know, I, th but I think it's impressive. Power is I one hell of a but, drug, but guys, man. Let's, let's talk because about Because she knows what she signed up for. Let's talk about what let's talk about the real issue here. Does this do anything? Do you look at this and say unfair towards her? Do you look at this and say, 
you know, the media is definitely being biased and they're not, you know, the other day, did you see the CNN story that came out the other day, First Wives? Go to CNN First Wives. Just type in on Google CNN First Wives. Check this out. CNN First Ladies, uh, First, uh, first uh, Ladies, First Ladies. Yeah, it was on Twitter as well, but you're going to have to go through 50 tweets. Uh, go to M- uh, First Ladies, we got Michelle Obama, the one only. Go to that, just see the First Ladies recap. No, no, the CNN, yeah, right there. Go below it. So they just came out with a documentary. That's the one right there. The CNN special documentary called First Ladies. So just type in on Google First Ladies. First ladies, and then go to images. Ladies, then go to images. Images, there you go. Uh, so then tap in CNN next to it, maybe. Let's see if that'll come up. So they just did a series, okay, on CNN. That one right there. Click on it. Perfect. So who's missing on there? Wow. The current. Michelle's big. Hillary's big. She would have Reagan. Nancy Reagan's the size of Michelle's ear. Okay, look at that. And Melania's not on there. A lot of people are not. When on did there. this come out? This just came out a couple of days ago. That's un- unacceptable. I mean, look at Hillary. It's unacceptable. Yeah, this just came out four days ago. Yeah, okay. I mean, you, even you, for you marketing know, purposes, you, you got to put Melania. Is the on media biased against Melania? One hundred percent. Yeah, but but I tell you, for me, again, this is not scripted, right? What Melania did. For me, a couple things happened. Number one, that woman, who's going to hire her? I actually want you to ask the question. So you're about to interview her and hire her. Would you consider hiring her? Hell no. Would yeah. you, no you, you say, She's basically leaking stories? She's leaking secrets? She, after the no, fact? no. Is she is leaking a private phone call with her friend. Would you hire somebody like that? No, obviously not. Okay, so she probably got paid for doing this, uh, sharing this. She lost know? her credibility. She yeah. lost, you know, you know how much done. she got paid? Probably 20 grand. It's but, not even that the much. Point, the point I'm trying to make to you is, imagine that's your mom. Say that's your mom. Forget about it. It's your mom. It's your wife. It's your sister. Mm-hmm. Actually, look at it from that standpoint. That is your mom. Your mom just leaked somebody's conversation. What do you tell your mom? What are you doing? So, so imagine you're going to work every day and that's your mom. So you, your mom is, that's your mom? Your mom is that person? Oh, my gosh. I would never. And then I'm not trusting you because you come from that lineage. That's the Kellyanne Conway daughter that's situation. That's one of the worst things you could do is to cut the person that hired you to be their alliance, to trust you, to open up and cry like this. Freaking rule number one of character. If some, it might, dude, my enemies, I know stuff on my enemies that are very, very dark thing. I still won't leak it to people. Okay? I still won't leak it to people. That's What are you doing with that? You know? Unbelievable. What, what are you, what are you yeah. doing with something like that? That's number one. Second thing, I felt her pain. I sympathize with her. It's like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I can see what she's going through. I can see the fact that she's ousted. No one's probably reaching out. No one's probably talking to her. No one's probably doing anything with her. You know, who's contacting her? Definitely not George Bush's wife because she doesn't like Trump. So she's not calling and saying, is there anything we can help you out with? No, they're, because they're part of Obama's and Clinton's camp. They're on the complete opposite side. These guys are not. So she's alone. She's by herself. Who is she talking to that knows her experience? I don't think anybody does. But uh, uh, so, you know, again, when I saw this, I was kind of disappointed to see that a advisor that's a friend of yours is going to come out talking like that for you. But I actually think it helped out Melania because the world saw a different side of Melania. Yeah. I think we're like, you know what? Damn. She's- what was the last comment that she could do it on Fox, but she didn't want to? Why? Because Meaning she knows that's easy. Knows, that's a layup. No, she, wants- she knows she doesn't want to do it on Fox because everyone's going to say, of course, Fox would do a story like this. Mm-hmm. She wants that story to be on the mm-hmm. CNN or ABC's or CBS or NBC or something like that. 
Can you imagine no one wants to do a story on the first lady? How many people would watch it? It's a money-making opportunity. Yeah. Still say no to it. You know, I was listening to the conversation. I was wondering, when did it click for that woman that she was going to release this tape? Like, I felt, listening to it, she was setting her up. I thought during that conversation, she was egging her on, encouraging her, and already thinking yeah. about selling that thing. Much respect to the audience. We just cracked 3,000. Give a, give a like, give a share, yeah. give a awesome. what's up. Put a thumbs up, put a uh, sub, and uh, share it as well. Let's, let's talk about an issue that's very close to me uh, and uh, my lineage and my family. For some of you that know or don't know, my mother is Armenian, Diana Borosian. Mom, John, if you're listening to this, uh, first language I spoke was Armenian and then Assyrian. My dad is mm. Assyrian, Asuri, Bet David, the house of David, Beta, Suraivin, and a baby Surayli, Yemi, Adam Netela. The other I got a phone call and I was talking to the, <laughs> the actor of the new uh, movie coming out on, uh, uh, on uh, Apple called Tehran. Have you guys seen this Tehran, Tehran, Tehran? I watched the whole thing. I think the fifth one's coming out this Friday. So the main actor has been sending me messages for a couple months on Instagram, and I've not been following it. The main guy that's interrogating everybody whose wife has a surgery, all that's a ghost of Paris. So he sent him, I was like, I'll get to it. I don't, I don't know what he's talking about. I honestly have no clue what he's talking about. Then I watch that Tehran comes up, and I'm watching, I'm like, wow. Then I see his name come, and he said, that's my movie's out. Have you seen it? I said, that's you. So what a great job he did acting. I was so impressed. He said, do you speak Farsi? I said, you know, I can speak 90%. I understand what they're saying. I can Farsi half me. So Farsi man So I speak Armenian, first language, a Syrian second language, uh, Farsi third language, then you have a German fourth language, and then it's English. I took you EFL. You speak five languages. German, I can understand if you speak to me. I can't speak it. Okay, I understand it, but I can't speak it. So Armenia and Azerbaijan, mm -hmm. full-out war right now. Hundreds of people have been killed. Um, we are officially on the ninth day that this is taking place. If you're following this, uh, protesting's been going on now for quite some time in Glendale. There were a lot of peaceful uh, protesting going on with Armenians yesterday. Uh, a few days ago, Armenians went on the 101 freeway on both sides, holding up the Armenian flag saying, we got to bring attention to this event that's taking place in Armenia right now. And, uh, you know, eventually yesterday in L.A., the councilman came out, Mayor Garcetti sent a video, they gave a statement. All of them were wearing Armenian masks. If you haven't seen that, Kai, if you want to pull it up, uh, uh, council, L.A. councilman, Armenia mask, if you want to put that up, uh, it should show up. Armenia mask. This was just literally yesterday. Yeah, right there. If you go to images, this was yesterday. So they gave a talk and they all had the Armenia mask to represent what's taking place. Um, so what is really going on? Let's talk about a little bit of the details of what's really going on. I want to hear your inputs as well with uh, this uh, uh, challenge. So I had a conversation with Eric Israelian, who is the producer of the movie The Promise. If you've not seen the movie The Promise, you got to go watch The Promise. The Promise, there, the, this was the last project that Kirk Kikorian did before he died. He wanted to make sure the story mm -hmm. of the Armenian genocide was told. And so he said, I don't care how much money we spent, I want to be able to do this movie. Guess who's the leading actor? Christian Bale. He crushes it. If you've not seen it, you got to go watch The Promise. Kai, can we put the link below for people to see The Promise IMDb so they can go watch it for themselves? Pull up a, I talked to, uh, I talked to clip, Eric yesterday Kai. for a good hour. I and mean, when I spoke for a good hour, Eric's a doctor. He's done great things. He's also the producer of the movie. We had very interesting conversations together. Last week on uh, uh, Sunday, 
I got a call from Armenia with the head of press of Nicole Pashinyan. We had a good 20, 30 minute conversation together. I'm, uh, we're trying to schedule time for us to interview Nicole Pashinyan, the prime minister of Armenia. But let's talk about a little bit of the events, timeline of what really took place. In 1923, Stalin, when he was the acting commissar of nationalities, uh, for the, the decided to make uh, a Karabakh region an autonomous oblast of Soviet Azerbaijan. Okay, 1923, that's what Stalin did. So meaning, it's the property and under control of Azerbaijan, but it's led by Armenians with a community that they have. The current conflict began in 1988 when Karabakh Armenians demanded that Karabakh be transferred to Soviet Azerbaijan, from Soviet Azerbaijan to Soviet Armenia, meaning it was under Soviet Azerbaijan. The Armenians from Karabakh says, we want to be moved over to Soviet Armenia. Why? Because as the Soviet Union weakened, Armenian population did not want to remain within the Azerbaijan and declared independence in 1991. Obviously, there was guerrilla warfare from 1998 to 1991. It wasn't pretty. It was very ugly. Led to a full-on war in the early 90s, full-on war. And in the late 90, 1991 to 1992, uh, Armenians in Karabakh were targeted for months-long uh, campaign. Uh, of intentional civilian bombardment and blockade by Azerbaijan, shelling, sniper shooting, aerial attacks, killed and maimed hundreds of civilians, you know, wounded, hurt them a lot. Uh, ceasefire signed in 1995, uh, 1994, uh, that uh, brought two decades of, uh, you know, war that's going on back and forth, a little bit to stability. This is 1994, okay, 1994, which is 26 years ago. April 2016, there was a four-day escalation. Again, war, ugliness for four days. Very ugly. Going back and forth. Dead, people dying left and right. The deadliest ceasefire violation until 2020 crisis, which is now. So now it's been nine days. We have two sides. One side, Azerbaijan president, uh, Ilya Aliyev, who's done a lot of different interviews lately. He is saying, this is our land, this is ours, they're not going to get it, and if you want to come get it, we're not going to let you have it. Armenia, on the other side, uh, uh, is saying that Azerbaijan attacked first, and they started this, so Armenia has to defend themselves, and Pashinyan, Prime Minister, like, listen, we're not going to sit here and let you do whatever you want to do to our people, we have to defend our people. So they've gone back and forth, and it's very technical, it's very complicated. You know, there is, on one end, you got Armenia, that is somewhat protected by Russia. You know, the prime minister has had conversations with the prime minister of France, the leaders of Iran. Twice he talked to Putin. Prime Minister Pashinyan has. And Russia kind of protects Armenia and somewhat Iran protects I I Armenia as well because they're right there on the Caspian Sea. And then Azerbaijan is protected by Turkey and also a little bit of Israel because the oil business that they have and Turkey because Turkey is Muslim. Armenia is 96% Christian. Azerbaijan is 91% Muslim. Population to population, I think Armenia is 2.9 million. Azerbaijan is 10.3 million. Armenia's military budget is like 1.7 billion. Azerbaijan's military budget annual is like 2.9 billion. It's twice the amount of military budget. So Azerbaijan threatened to attack Armenia's nuclear plant. This is going back and forth. It's not really pretty. Some of the videos you see are very, very ugly on what's going on. But uh, Russia can stop this. But they can't, they haven't yet, because they do business with Turkey and they sell them weapons. So they are a customer. So there are multiple parties that can stop this, but they haven't yet. U.S., Russia, and Turkey can stop this right away if they wanted to, but they haven't yet. Mm -hmm. Why? Each have their own interest. U.S. isn't because U.S. asked Armenia to stop doing business with Iran. Even though we put sanctions, you still are. And Armenia says, what do you want us to do? They're our neighbors. You want me to say no to them? I share Caspian Sea with these guys. 
right across it, we're neighbors. I have to have good relation with my side. Turkey isn't doing it because Turkey's never liked Armenia. You know, Turkey's have wanted to make Armenians disappear for the longest time. Erdogan cannot stand Armenians. He's publicly criticized them regularly. And then on the other side, Russia's kind of in the middle saying, listen, man, we're kind of like the co-chair and we're watching this with a couple of different nations that were the co-chair. I can't fully get involved, but really they can. If Russia, U.S. and Turkey wanted to stop this, they could do it today, but they haven't yet. Mm-hmm. So that, that got more things I want to mm-hmm. talk about with this, but I'm going to turn it over to you guys. I know you guys have done some research as well. Sure. Where are you at with what's going on uh, well, over there? I don't claim to be an expert, but you know, this thing's only nine or 10 days old. But if you, yeah. look, at the, if you look at the history, I, here's, here's the thing that scares me, Turkey. I mean, they're the you mentioned that the fact that they could they're not going to and, and they're right there and they're the ones that are going to escalate this thing and make it make it way worse. I'd love to see a situation where the U.S. would would step in and help out. I think that he could probably take care of this rather quickly. Does the do the Armenians have enough support here to get the attention of the people they need to to step in and do something? Because. I could see one of these. This this is one of those battles that if you, if you don't have the U.S. getting involved, I mean, this is going to get bloodier and yeah. deadlier and go on and on and on unless someone steps in. What do you think the end game is? I mean, can Armenia can they defend themselves? I mean, do they have the ability over the long term without some sort of assistance? I don't think so. Not by themselves. No, because here's the thing: they need somebody to back them up. They 100% need somebody to back them up. Azerbaijan is twice the size military budget, three times population-wise, and Turkey 100% has come out and said we're supporting them. No one has come out and say we are fully supporting Armenia like Turkey's supporting right. Azerbaijan. Here, here's what you need to know about militaries. You know who's the strongest military in the Middle East? Turkey. Turkey, number one, above everybody. Exactly. So right. you got the biggest military backing you up, you need somebody of a superpower to back right. you up. And Armenia hasn't had that yet. Yeah. It, but I know for a fact both both the U.S. and Russia can stop it. Armenia just went into a dealing with China, $15 billion investment going into Armenia. So U.S. is Trump is probably not too comfortable mm-hmm. with that. And the bigger concern for U.S. is more Iran than it is anything else. Yeah. Yeah, I think the, the, the biggest thing that I'm seeing here is because, you know, you might have people being saying, well, what do I care about Armenia and yeah. Azerbaijan? I've never even heard of Azerbaijan. Why is it, is it? What happened in World War One? Did you really care about what happened in Hungary and Austria, Hungary and, and Serbia? But the potential for a powder keg is what scares me. This is right in the Middle East. If you don't know where Armenia is and Azerbaijan, it's just north of Iran, just south of Georgia, which is bordering Russia, just uh, east of Turkey, right? Can and you then, pull up the map? Yeah, let's pull up a map. But the last thing that we need here is a powder keg to go off and the entanglement that's going on. I mean, you were, you were trying to explain it. You have Turkey uh, supporting Azerbaijan. Yeah. You have Iran that's playing on both sides. You have, you have U.S. here. Then you have Russia that's kind of playing both sides. Israel has uh, relations with Azerbaijan because they've sold them weapons and they have oil. But now you have people in Israel saying, we can't support these people. We can't do this. The, the, the biggest concern for me is this guy Erdogan in Turkey. This guy is a strong man of strong men, okay? And he's just trying to consolidate power. And he's going to be the uh, president of Turkey for quite some time. And the rhetoric that comes out of his mouth is actually crazy. And then you have the, um, how do you say his name? Ilham Aliyev? Yep. This guy. So the I've looked at some of his quotes. So these are the types of quotes. These are the types of the, the do way of thinking. Do you have his tweet up, Kai? Yeah. Do you have his tweet? I'm going to read that. This is the type of thinking that is very, very Dangerous. I'll wait for you to pull it up, Kai. He says, Armenia is not even a colony. It is not even worthy of being a servant. 
This is a president of, uh, of Azerbaijan, yeah? This is the type of mentality that, that you can't even respect yeah. your bordering country. You can't even respect or your fellow it. man. They're not even worthy of being a servant. This is like, this is like when uh, you have the uh, Iranian, um, the people that run Iran. Uh, what, what do you call them? Uh, the sheiks. What are they? What are the people who mullahs? The mullahs. Oh, yeah. The yeah. mullahs who says like death to America. They're yeah. less than rodents. Like this type of talk, this type of mentality is very, very dangerous. Somebody needs to step in. And whether it's the United States, I don't know if it's Trump's responsibility or if this is Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State, somebody needs to step in and end this conflict before it gets out of hand and this powder keg explodes in the middle of the freaking craziest place on the planet, the Middle East. Can, so can I somebody ask a question? Step in. Sure. Okay. I got to imagine the Armenians feel incredibly vulnerable and on, on an island, like uh, no one's there to support them, right? Are they susceptible to China doing more? Could China see this? As a way to escalate tensions. I was thinking about that just the other day. Yes, they can see that as an opportunity for them to mm -hmm. win That's loyalty how I right see now. It, yeah. yeah. So my exactly where you're going is a concern. Here's one thing you need to know about Armenians. Armenians, they're not going to back down. Period. You know, if you go back to history, I'm half Armenian, half Assyrian. You know what's the debate on both sides? Which one's the first Christian? Armenians say they're the first Christian. The Syrians say they're the first Christians. But historically, you know, say Armenians are the first Christians. They are some of the proudest people you'll ever meet. Okay, smartest, proudest. The Silicon Valley of Russia is in Armenia. They are producing some of the best engineers. When we're hiring an engineer firms and we want to hire uh, uh, folks to do coding for us, you, you're going to guess your best, best of the best is going to be in Armenia for you today. And this is not just me telling you this. You can go around the nation and talk to people that you hire to produce stuff for you. They're going to say, we have our uh, engineers uh, working for us from Armenia. They're building that kind of a reputation for themselves right now in Armenia. However, um, unfortunately, they are in a situation right now that they need allies. They need somebody to come in and help them out. And it has to be, if U.S. comes out and says, hey, Turkey, what are you doing defending Azerbaijan? It is a form of defending the Armenian genocide. Erdogan has said, if you come out and say Armenian genocide is an event that actually happened, we're going to go ahead and make sure whatever we can do to eliminate your three military bases that you have in Turkey. And Armenia, U.S. has three military bases in Turkey. The, the most complicated personality is exactly who you said, is Erdogan. Listen, they can't stand Armenians. They cannot stand Armenians to save their lives. If there is a nation that they cannot stand, it is Armenians. But if there is a nation that I can tell you from personal, knowing the history, you, you got fighters above fighters. They're not going to back down. There's no way in the world Armenians are going to back down. And uh, you're starting to kind of see a glimpse of it all over the place. By the way, here's what's interesting. Do you know when's the last time the two of them were in the same room together? Like negotiating or what? Do you know when's the last time they were in the same room together? Type in, uh, type in uh, uh, Ilayev and Pashinyan. It wasn't that long ago, was it? No, it was a year, a yeah. year and a half ago. Uh, uh, if you know how to pronounce, uh, spell the name uh, right there. Type in, uh, 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 and then type in... Uh, uh, Aliyev. Look at the, just go down and that name will pop up. Kai, just go down, that name will pop up. Okay, good. And then type in next to it, Pashinyan. Pashinyan, January 19th, 20, I think January 22nd. Press uh, images, images. Gen right there. That's January 22nd, 2019. They were at the uh, uh, Davos together. 
having a conversation a year and a half later. Who is this right here? That's that's Ilayev and that's Pashinyan. That's Armenia, yeah. prime minister, and that's the president of Azerbaijan. A year so ago. Half, a year ago, a year and a half ago. They're sitting there having a conversation together. Okay, look at that. Can you tell how comfortable that is? Yeah. The, on the right is Armenia. Armenia, on the yeah. left is Azerbaijan. He looks exactly like Erdogan, by the way. By Very the way, here, here's the craziest thing. Check this out. His background, just so you know, little details. Pashinyan's background. He was a uh, journalist, okay? The first company he came out with as a journalist, uh, a year later they shut it down. Then he ended up working for Armenia Times for quite some time. And when he was writing, he came out publicly uh, disagreeing with uh, uh, disagreeing with the way uh, the uh, president, the military uh, leader at the time was doing. Because of that, he went to jail for one year. So he ended up going to jail, okay? He comes back, he's writing for Armenia Times as he's going about his business, and he gets controversial. He doesn't support the first president. He supports the second president. Eventually, he ends up running democracy, all this stuff. And the closest comparison I'm going to make to him is Trump. Let me explain to you why. This will kind of make sense to you. So he's being interviewed by BBC. And the guy from BBC asked him, he said, the reporter from BBC asks him and says, why is it that ever since you got elected, there's so much protesting and writing going against you? He says, because under democracy, you can protest against me. Prior to me, you couldn't pro protest against the president. I want to allow democracy. So they're like, okay, but why is it that when the, 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 the what, do you, what do you call it? They're coming out and telling you that you cannot be, what's the back and forth? Here you go. He comes out and he says, why is it that the UN General Assembly demands the immediate complete exit of all Armenian forces for, from the occupied territories of Republic of Azerbaijan? How come you haven't listened to it? He says, I'm not going to let Armenians being killed. Okay, what do you want us to do? You want us to sit around? This guy is a true believer of bringing democracy in Armenia. Then they bash him because of COVID. They said, why is it that the number of cases you had is six times more than Georgia and way more than Azerbaijan? Every single criticism he's getting is the one that Trump had. Every single. More protesting, mm -hmm. hey, you're getting more protesting. More COVID, hey, you're getting more COVID. You're not handling it well, right? Every single, he went to a party that, that was taking place uh, during COVID, and there was 600 people there, and nobody was wearing a mask, and everybody's like, hey, wait a minute, how come you didn't have a mask on? He says, because the region I was in, you didn't have to, you didn't have to wear a mask. And on the complete opposite side, Armenia since 1994 has had four presidents. Armenia since, since 1994 okay. has had four presidents. Do you know the same family has led Azerbaijan since 1994? Hmm. Let me say this one That's more imperialist, time. imperialist, yeah? Exactly. So you got nepotism, imperialism, Essentially, since 94 Azerbaijan, Armenia, four presidents, democracy since 1994. People are choosing their leader. Azerbaijan, the people are not choosing their leader. So Pashinyan is making the argument saying, listen, the people voted me in, but not in Azerbaijan. Hmm. The families voted people in. So what's this so guy's this story? Side, yeah. he's, uh, he's from the family lineage. You know, he comes from the family lineage. And when you're coming from the family lineage, you're almost like the same one coming up. And Aliyev. Aliyev, yes, Aliyev. And... and his arguments are a complete different argument. He says, listen, this is our land. What do you want us to do? Leave our land. We own this land. And the land that is in question is Karabakh. Karabakh, yes. Oh, and for okay. thousands of years, Armenia owned the land. But after Stalin in 1923, uh, I think it's 23, yeah, 1923, he said, no, we're going to make it over here to be controlled, but the Armenians mm -hmm. can live there. I think the population is 18% Armenian, by the way, in uh, uh, Karabakh. 18% is Armenian. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, it's not as big as you think, but it is about 18, 19% huh. Armenian. I believe I, that's the I number. I want to say one thing, and this yeah. is something that I've learned, and i got to give a shout-out to my friend Tigran Bekian. We've had many conversations yes. about uh, everything that's going on here. Something you know that, that's near and dear to me is obviously being Jewish, 
the Holocaust, right? In the 1940s, everything happened with Hitler. And that is obviously, you know, the, what people, the go-to story about genocide. That was World War II. But what people fail to realize is during World War I, right before that, there was an Armenian genocide on the hands of the Ottoman Empire, Turkey, which, correct me if I'm wrong, they fail to recognize. They won't even admit wrongdoing. This is something that Turkey will not own up to. One thing that I respect about Germany is they've owned up to it. I mean, they, they have not taken down the concentration camps. They tell people to come visit. They, you know, they will not allow Nazi symbols in, in Germany. They know that they messed up, obviously, times a billion. What is it with Turkey that they won't even own up it's to the fact easy. that they've created this genocide yeah, of Armenian it's people? It's well, like, and, and then you're vulnerable to repeat history, yeah. right, when you have the exact same beliefs. You know, this is a comment that kind of relates to this, but I, I, and I wish this would come up in the debates, but it, listen to the names that we've thrown out here in just this conversation. China, Iran, Russia, Turkey, U.S. Our biggest problem in the country, this country right now, and I wish they would address it in the, uh, in the debates is we, we don't know who our enemies are. We think it's the Democrats for the Republicans or the Republicans for the Democrats. That's all we spend our time on with this bickering. And I just believe this division that we have in this country is being manufactured you know, by these bigger superpowers. Yeah. And if we get thrust into this thing, it's going to be big. Because when yeah. you look at all the players that are involved and the area that it's in, and that's the biggest problem with this country is we just don't identify. We don't really truly know and identify who our real enemies are. Yeah, Why don't that, we do that? Go, that's a very go good ahead, point. Go ahead, sir. Go ahead. Why don't we do that right now? Who's number one no, no, enemy let's right stay, now? Let's stay on this. Let's stay on this point here because I, want, I do want to answer your question because yes. you asked and said— Armenian you know, genocide. Germany, Germany came out and said, you know, hey, we did it, Okay. But they paid a massive price for it. Mm -hmm. I think their last payment of reparations was just in 2018 or some number like that. It's just recently they got them paying off mm -hmm. for all the reparations. And I talked to Aram Hamparian, who works out of D.C., representing the Armenian community. Do you know what's the number Armenia is going to ask of Turkey if they say the genocide did take place? Mm -hmm. Trillion it's, dollars. It's in the trillions mm -hmm. of dollars. This is very basic for them. They don't want to pay reparations. Simple as that. Trillion is a big hmm. number. Okay, wow. you're not talking about a small number here. Mm -hmm. It's reparations. When the genocide took place, there was a whole insurance scam going on behind closed doors of the insurance, the people that were dying, their policies. That's a whole different story that had to do with Turkey wanting to get even more money on the insurance policies. But this is a very, very ugly thing that took place. And all that needs to happen is America needs to say, it is an event that took place. Congress agreed to it. Senate agreed to it. It went all the way to up to uh, president. President said no earlier this year, and uh, uh, it's it. Uh, but again, this year, this year, yeah, this just Trump happened. said no. It's either this year or it's December, but it's in less than twelve months. So what happened with that? Unpack that for exactly me. Exactly what I just told you. Yeah, Turkey is an ally. Of course. If Turkey becomes an enemy, NATO, you lose all control in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. So the only thing, if Trump comes out. Obama said he'll do it. He didn't do it when he became president. Every one of these guys had said they're going to do it. They haven't done it when they became president. No one's ever done it since they've been president. Bush, all of them have said it. This is an event that happened to win the Armenian vote. No one said yes yet. But if Trump says yes, he wins the 3 million, whatever the amount of people that he's going to win over, right? But he's going to lose Turkey. And Turkey's a much more needed ally for him in the Middle East. It's unfortunate, but that's how he's processing it. Mm -hmm. It's not that it didn't happen, but I can tell you one thing, it's a money deal and Turkey does not want to pay 
the trillions of dollars that they're going to pay, especially in today's money. And it may take them 100 years to pay it off, by the way. This is not like some reparations for yeah. Germany against the, uh, you know, the Jewish community. How, how long? For the for World War I, 92 years. I'm 92 years. World War go. I, though, that wasn't a... Yeah, but you, you're talking about, uh, I'm talking about uh, uh, Nazi Germany. Yeah, yeah, 90, yeah. 1941. I found 92 years. They paid off the last one in 2010. Okay, last one was paid 2010. 2010. I mean, that, that's game-changing for two economies, yes. the one paying it exactly. and the one receiving it. Exactly. So that's the part you have to realize with that going on. So... Anyways, uh, folks, if you're watching this, what we're going to be doing is I'll make an announcement here what, what's going on. I'll keep, I know the Armenian community, they message me all the time on Instagram, all over the place. I'm getting given texts right now for some of my peers. I want you to know we're in communication with their camp. Uh, you know, if, if my suggestion is a long-form interview to be able to do with the Armenian PM, uh, and they can reach out to us. I know even the Azerbaijani community has reached out saying, what if Ali Ilayev wants to do an interview with you? Would you be open to it? I'm open to figuring out a way to stop this ninth day so it doesn't continue to 10th day. Because I saw videos the other day. My friend Steve sent me a video. Kai, do you have that video that I just sent you? Can you put it up just to, just to kind of see? Uh, it's not the worst video. I almost thought about it, whether I wanted to show it or not. But, uh, you know, some of the words he's saying... Uh, uh, if Kai can get this, this is probably in Armenian, it's the worst uh, uh, possible words you can be saying. Uh, let's see if Kai can find it. Kai, Shout out to Steve while go. we pull up his clip. Steve, Steve Avetian, yeah. Good boy. Shout out to Rafi's place if you're in LA, go check that out. All right, check this out. out, look at this. This is Armenian soldiers. Turn that up, guy. They're, they're walking and they're seeing what the Azerbaijani military did to their people. Oh my God. By the way, if you're Armenian, you're listening, you got kids, you may not want your kids to listen to this. The profanity is pretty... Were you waiting for us? Son of a... These are all bodies on the side, by the way. This is what's going on right now. We're not seeing. These are all bodies on the side. And this continues, by the way. If you want to pause it, you get the idea. Yeah, I mean, he just curses Motherat for what they're doing. So this the, is, that was the, which military? This is just this is Armenian military. Yeah. That is going seeing their soldiers killed. Armenian mm. soldiers killed of what Azerbaijan did to them. I mean, it's a very. Um, the the one the one Instagram I'm gonna give a, a shout out to to go follow uh, uh, the uh, the population in Artsakh is 99% Armenia today the uh, that lower number is back when the yes that's right the population in Artsakh is 99% Armenia today back when it was to Azerbaijan it was 18% Armenian but today it's 99% Armenian Artsakh that community okay that's that's the step yeah. that I saw so, so let me let me give you a one Instagram profile Zarton K Media. If you can post these guys' link below, I kind of want these guys to get uh, some love because they're getting people to follow their stories very closely. And I'll give you another update as well with the stories for people to follow. Okay, so we're getting the last six minutes here, gang. Um, this is the most we've ever had on a podcast. We've never had any other number that's bigger than this except for the debate. Outside of the debate, this is the first time we've cracked 3,000 people ever. I think the highest Great. was 2,700. We cracked 3,119, and uh, I'm glad you're enjoying this. Listen, we're having fun with this as well. You're bringing us just as much energy as we're bringing to you. So believe it or not, your commentary is helping out. Your uh, uh, energy is helping out. We're feeling it. There's a couple announcements I want to make to you. Let me make the first announcement that we've been working on here for quite some time. So 
With Valuetainment, as you guys can see, this whole thing started off with a channel being called Patrick by David. When we got to 40,000 subscribers, I decided to change it to Valuetainment. I thought I came out with an original name, come to find that Valuetainment was a publicly traded company in Germany. I got a contact with the CEO, his name is Dirk. I asked him for the domain I wanted to buy it. He said, I'll give it to you for $500,000, but I'm a publicly traded company. I said, I just want you to know we're building a company and I want that name. He says, I'm not gonna sell it to you for what you want, but I'll give it to you for $500,000. Long story short, three years later, he changes the company name from Valuetainment to Valuetees, I-E-S. So it's still there. We end up buying the domain a couple of years ago for a good number, but definitely not a half a million dollars. So we own Valuetainment.com. And when we started Valuetainment.com, it wasn't about Patrick Bay David. You have your own opinions. You know, you come in, you're anti-Trump and you don't like what he does and you have certain opinions, but you're reasonable, you can talk and you don't seem like you're crazy. You're just kind of giving your opinions or experience where you're at. And great, you have your own show now about Tim and Economics. You're doing great. People are loving your content. Every week show is coming out with you. Tom Zenner now has been working with us now. I think it's what, four weeks, six mm -hmm. weeks. I don't know the exact timeline. I think it's about four yeah. weeks. You've been on the podcast several times. People have having you. You've had your background on what you've done with media. We got a team now. We're making videos. Daniel DiMartino Booth is now creating content. We got a lot of other people that are coming along with the uh, audience as well, and, and we're constantly looking for new talent to bring on board that matches that value, Timmy. You got to bring value, but you got to be entertaining. You got to bring value, but you got to be entertaining. Daniel DiMartino, value, but you got to be entertaining. You got to have that uh, Valuetainment uh, DNA. The most recent addition that we're adding to Valuetainment, which is very, very exciting. We've been very excited about this for a while. We have officially made it, a, uh, uh, we finalized the agreement. General Spalding is the latest talent that we are adding to Valuetainment. General Spalding of the Air Force, that we did a few interviews, his experience of living in China multiple times, and going there as a one-star general, he now officially has a show on Valuetainment called Generally Speaking, which he'll be conducting interviews and giving us updates, and I cannot wait for him because his background, his, I think he landed here already. I don't know if he's already at the office. Is he already here or not? If he can text Mario, he may be here right now. Him and Daniel are about to have a meeting to get at the office, but General Spalding is officially gonna be a content creator on Valuetainment. We are very, very excited uh, to have him on here with us. General Spaulding, so that's exciting to announce. His show will be coming out here very soon. And outside of that, with General Spaulding, the other announcement I do want to make to everybody is the fact that while this entire time things have been going on, news is being shared, we decided to come out with our own news site. Kai, if you can give me the mouse uh, uh, and the keyboard so I can kind of show the folks. If you want to go to the site, and then I'll take over with the keyboard. We are officially, this morning, launching our own new site called vtpost.com. Let me say this one more time. We are launching a new site called vtpost.com, the go-to news site for busy people. And the reason why we came up with this is because, look, I don't have time when I'm running a company, I got all these different things I'm doing. I don't have time to sit there and watch news for two hours, three hours. I need news to be quick. And if you're somebody that watches Valuetainment, you're probably somebody as well that doesn't have all the time in the world. VT Post is built specifically for busy people, mm -hmm. okay? So it's gonna be slightly different. Uh, our editor-in-chief is gonna be Tom Zenner right here who's been in this world for quite some time. I think, you said what, 26 years? Yeah, 25, 25 years. years. It's mm -hmm. a long time uh, that you've been with a lot of experience. And you get different kind of headlines. When you come here, the story after circus-like debate, Biden says he regrets clown around, clowning around. And you'll have headlines, you'll have business, you'll have politics, you'll have lifestyle, you have entertainment, pop culture. I mean, it'll show you stuff. If you go to here, uh, uh, you know, houses you can rent, we'll have cigars, we'll have after hours, enjoying life, ballers, sports, 
a lot of different things that you can come with a new site that you look at. It doesn't matter what interests you the most, whether you want to go see what's going on with sports, whether you want to see this house that Jeter and Brady own that's on sale right now for $28 million and details on that, whether you want to find out updates on what's going on with Trump or maybe you want to go see the top five stories today, we have it all here for you on Valuetainment VT Post. Dot com. Tom, I think yeah. you want to say something. Well, Pat, thanks for the opportunity. And I, and I think a lot of people are looking for something like this right now. I mean, and we've really spent a lot of time building this thing for the people that are busy. And you don't have a lot of time. But once you come here, I think you're going to spend some time here. Now, we wanted to write our stories in, in, a, in a flashy way, but in, in, a, in, a, in a way that doesn't waste your time. 250 to 300 words. You get all the information you yep. need, and then you move on. You're going to know what's going on in the day. But we wanted to have our own personality, our own edge, and our own voice with this. So, like, if you go to Ballers, that's going to be the category for pop culture, sports, and entertainment. We're not doing scores. No one cares about that. We're going to tell you about the brawl at the end of the football game. <laughs> We're going to tell you about you know Chris Pratt being in trouble for what he uh, put out on Instagram. And our news flash. I-, I want you to really pay attention to our headlines, too, because we try to have some fun with them. We try to draw you in. And there are plenty of news sites out there. We get bombarded with it all day. I think it's one of the biggest problems in this country mm-hmm. is there the gloom and doom factor. They're trying to scare the crap out of people 24-7. We don't do that. We want to be fun. We want to be optimistic, but we also want to tell you what's going on in the world. We're not going to be biased. We're going to rely on common sense, and and I think you're going to have some fun on this site. So come check it out today. Come every day. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter and stay connected with us. Follow us on all the social media platforms that we have, and we're going to keep you updated. Yep, it's going to be exactly. Fun. And by the way, last but not least, here's the last but not least that I want to share with everybody that's watching as well. We are looking for contributors. It's that simple. We are looking for contributors like this article here, written, Artsakh Right to Self-Determination Held Hostage by Azeri Expand, uh, Expansionism, written by Von der Megerdich, a UCLA graduate who's currently going to Columbia University for journalism. He writes what's going on. There's a timeline to it, and there's going to be updates on specifically with what's going on with Armenia, but we are looking for contributors. And what we are doing with our contributors, just so everybody understands, to apply for it, when you do apply to be a contributor and you write articles, we will be sharing your articles on Valuetainment, on Twitter, on our Valuetainment Facebook page, on if the story's a good story and you have an audience as well, we'll put it on Instagram. But we're gonna give you a lot of uh, uh, exposure as well for yourself and there'll be different levels. Anybody that writes 30 articles, you'll get recognition on the homepage scroll. Anybody writes 25 articles, we're gonna give you recognition on VT Post video, specifically recognizing the new contributor that's written 25 contributors. Anyone that writes 100, you get a $25 Amazon gift card. And anyone that contributes 500 articles, you'll be invited to exclusive VIP parties that we'll put together with the value team and audience. You'll get a chance to meet a lot of different people. So if you wanna apply, to be a contributor, simply go to contributors on the site, go to apply, and then uh, once you're able to uh, get approved by the team, the team will respond back to uh, uh, recognize you, then your stories will be here by contributors on the homepage, and people will be following your content as well. So having said that, two announcements, General Spalding, new talent on Valuetainment, we're very excited about that, and on top of that, VT Post that we are launching today. If you haven't yet visited, vtpost.com, Kai, if we can put the link below, go to vtpost.com, give us a visit, give us a shout out, and we'll give you daily news, 20 new stories every Mm -hmm. single day of everything that is going on. 
Congratulations, hey, thanks, Tom. Guys. Congratulations, guys. Great. Yes. That's great. You know, and Night and day working on this, yeah, man. Right. Night and day working on this. But worth it now. Yes, for sure. definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Again, by the way, he had a flat tire. Everything was going against <laughs> yesterday, but we are here. I literally Things had a flat tire on one in the morning last one night. One o'clock yeah. in the morning, we're texting, but we're Jesus. here. We're launching it. So, gang, uh, thank you for being with us. Until next time, today's what, Tuesday? I think we are doing it again this Thursday, next podcast. And we are thinking about, still thinking about doing a live on the next debate. If it does happen on the 15th, we are listening to you. If you want to see it, comment below and tell us yes. If you haven't subscribed yet, do so. Put a thumbs up and go visit our website. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. Go heat tonight, guys. Go heat tonight.